Stand by for a terrifying message from Al Gore. Hello, I'm Al Gore, and I'm here to scare you about global warming. If we don't take immediate action, our planet, Earth, will become a deadly smog ball that chokes out all human life. Good! More beer for the robots! <laughs> Quiet, Bender. We're melting the polar ice caps, brewing killer hurricanes, poisoning the air with noxious gases. <coughs> Look, it's all in my movie. You're in a movie? What do you play? A burned-out cop? A streetwise pimp trying to save his little brother from the dog life? Yes, I play a streetwise pimp with a hybrid pimp mobile. Boring! It's not boring. I'm trying to save us all from certain death. David Dover didn't did. Let's talk more action. You want action? Here's some action. An inconvenient truth. The movie that will make you feel like you should probably do something. And don't forget to recycle. I'm tired of being thankful for scraps. Still, they want us to love them anyway. One day, somebody's going to have to make a stand. One day... Somebody's gonna have to say enough. You get your ass to work and save my country from these cock-sucking Republicans. So I don't care what the unemployment rate's gonna be. It doesn't matter to me. My campaign doesn't hinge on unemployment rates and growth rates. How am I supposed to explain to my child that two men are getting married? I don't know. If you're shitty kid, you fucking tell him. Why is that anyone else's problem? Two guys are in love, but they can't get married because you don't want to talk to your ugly child for fucking five minutes? Are you serious? It's so fucking stupid, isn't it? The God of the Old Testament is arguably the most unpleasant character in all fiction. Jealous and proud of it. A petty, unjust, unforgiving control freak. A vindictive, bloodthirsty ethnic cleanser. A misogynistic, homophobic, racist, infanticidal, genocidal, filicidal, pestilential, megalomaniacal, sadomasochistic, capriciously malevolent bully. If you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. Try and work together. Heaven is just another lie. And if you believe it, you're an idiot. Oh, well, now I know we should have been recording that. Oh, my God. That, was that would have been much more interesting. Hilarious. Wow. Yeah, they're four. Yeah. And, uh... Awesome. You will pay attention to them. Great to see them. I love that. That's so fun. <laughs> I can't believe she said, I think you like me. <laughs> because of the N on my shoe. Yes, you bought those just because it's the first letter in her name. I was actually given these for free. From the Nova fan club. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> That's what yeah. you get when you sign up. Yep, sneakers. So... Um, speaking of, of, of kids, this yeah. is a nice segue. All right. So I take uh, Olivia and her friend went to go see the Hunger Games. Yeah. And they went with Julie. So I had Cole, Lily, and Frankie. Right. So we saw the Lorax. Yeah. So Frankie made it through the previews, and he's just like, all right, that was fun. Let's go for a walk. So we go walking around. Oh, okay. and we're so up you, the, you really don't know how the movie was. Not at all. <laughs> uh, the little bit that I saw was okay, but, yeah. you know. At that point, was, do you do you get a refund? I, You know what? I, I don't pay for him. I just use oh, the pass. So right, it doesn't, okay. doesn't matter. All right. No, a pass yeah, because if you have to go in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
gotcha. So, um, and the other two know well enough just to stay there till I get back. Oh, yeah. So I um, we're walking around. There were a couple of times, you know, we made it back, and then he walks back out. So we're walking in and out of different theaters, and this goes on for pretty much the duration of the movie. All right. And um, so I saw Tom. It's great. Chatted for a little bit. Saw nice. Scotty Dew. Oh, um, really? Yeah, chatted with some oh, folks. So that was nice to nice. see some people. So, Does and, he live uh, up there now? I don't know. Oh, all right. But I'll tell you, though, it reminded me of like the good old days at the other place yeah. where, you know, I could walk around with my kids. Hell, my kids could walk around and they wouldn't go more than 10 feet, you know, yeah. before seeing someone who knew them. And you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, like it was the only, like the place other than their home where they could just sort of roam around and do whatever they wanted and be totally safe. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so walking around at one point he dashes into a theater and I didn't see what it was because he went all deep and it was just like at a run. Oh no. And so he goes in and he runs and instead of stopping kind of like at the, like the door looking up at the screen, he went in and right in. Oh, so I go in and I look to my right to see, how much of an audience we're going to annoy because he's like now across, yeah. all right, like yeah. halfway across. And he gets into one of the seats in the very front row, <laughs> like one of the handicapped seats. It's okay. Like not yep. up the steps yet. Yeah. So he starts crawling up into that. And I look up to see who's in the audience that we're going to bother. And right. there's nobody in there. They're running oh. the movie anyways. But we sit in the chair and he snuggles right in. It's about the time that he would take a nap. Okay. The time of day, you know, yeah. 3.30-ish, right? So we snuggle in. Right, and he's you know he's just sort of getting all snuggled in there. Now I have a chance to finally look at the screen and see what we're looking at. Right, the vow. Oh, and I look at him. I'm like, really? Really? And he (laughs) literally he looks up and he gives me this big smile, and then he snuggled in, and his eyes started to close. (laughs) I'm like, oh fuck you, right? So he he sort of sleeps for about five or ten minutes, but now I'm starting to get worried because like I'm about a half an hour, forty minutes away from when the Lorax is going to get out. Right. The other two have no idea where I am, and they would never think to. They look would there. never. Plus, I'm no. just I'm literally like two doors down from where they are. No. But <laughs> they they have no idea. So I'm like, all right. So I let them. So then I'm sitting there watching the fucking vow. Who's in that? Rachel McAdams and. Channing Tatum, Tating Channum, whatever oh, the fuck his name is. I like Rachel McAdams. So, um, so we were only in there for about 10 or 15 minutes when uh, okay. we, he woke up and realized, he goes, what the fuck am I doing? Yeah, I don't even want to listen to this and while so, I'm asleep. Yeah, so then we uh, we left. But I was just like, for a minute or two, I was like, really, dude? Why would you do this to me? Why, <laughs> you know, why don't you bring me into Jump Street or something? <laughs> well, yeah. So Yeah. So uh, so it was pretty funny. Hunger Games was good. I saw that. That was really good. Strongly recommend it. That's good. What trailers were on that? Uh, let's see. Spider-Man, Paranorman. Okay. Um, I can't remember what else. Because you know what it is? Like the day, actually earlier that day, Kelsey and Jared was home from the Marines for a while. So we were just hanging around my house and we got to watching a whole bunch of trailers. Oh, so like like okay. like yeah. nine hours before I had watched like a dozen trailers. Yeah. So I can't remember what I saw where. So All right. we watched like the Abe Lincoln Vampire Hunter trailer like yeah. six times. Have you People seen are that? trashing that. Of course a piece of, of course it's gonna be trashy, but it's 
Have you seen the trailer? Uh, yeah, I've read. It I, looks, I've got about halfway through the book. It looks like, a, I mean, when he starts just sort of whipping around with the <laughs> yeah, axe, yeah. it just looks awesome. People are like, oh, it's taking itself way too seriously. I'm like, dude, he explodes a tree with one chop. How, that's, that's not, not taking it seriously. Uh, seriously, would, would the, it would start off with like Gettysburg and like him gravely and grimly walking up to the podium to deliver the speech and it would... <laughs> four score and seven vampires ago yeah <laughs> be like what and it would be, this is not serious there's a there's no uh, yeah exactly. whatever it's one of those it, see people are equating it to like oh it's it's this year's sucker punch i was like well no not really because this no, is you know like, what it is it's this, this has year's, a story behind it's this it. year's wanted yeah <laughs> it's directed by the same guy. yeah that's why and it is about it's about that tone. It looks it. But you know what? I liked Wanted. Uh, that, yeah, I that's, did too. It surprised me. And you know what it was? Because I expected jack shit from it. You know what it was? It was one of those things you went in, you sort of dug it for a little while. Yeah. A couple of times you went, okay, that was pretty fucking cool. Yeah. A couple yeah. of times you went, hey, that's Angelina Jolie's ass. Right. All right? And then you left and you went home, you went about your life. Right. And the next time you see that movie, right. you're like, oh, I don't remember that at all. Yeah, yeah. Because it goes in and it goes out. Yeah. And that's Although all the one thing I do remember is there's a Geico commercial now that takes place in Chicago, and the opening scene is that elevated train around the corner of that building. Oh, yeah. First time I saw it, I'm like, oh, that's where Mr. Tumnus shot that dude. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> I have to put things in the weirdest possible context. Yeah, that, that definitely fits. <laughs> Can you imagine him with the hooves and the scarf with Angelina Jolie, like, just shooting at people from the top of a train? <laughs> Welcome to Nadia, bitch. <laughs> Why is that hot chick and that dog shooting at <laughs> The fuck did I do? Uh, I'm, so, trying to, I'm trying to figure out what the first movie, would it be the first movie or the next movie in the theater that I would see this year is going to be? I don't know what's out in April. Is there anything out in April? That's I don't know. See Hunger. If you can see it in the theater, see it in the theater. Because one of the things that I really liked about it was um, they did some pretty fun stuff with sound and like all around oh, okay. kind of sound. Good. Which was cool. It was fun. It was, I thought it was great. I think that it's going to do a good job of being that next Harry Potter, the next Twilight thing, the thing that mm. the franchise that's going to capture – and keep the, people the interested. And audience. I'll tell you, when <clears throat> Olivia me. saw it and we were waiting for her and her friend and Julie to come out, yeah. I looked at the line waiting to go in, and it was literally, I mean, pick a demo, pick a demographic, pick an age group, and they were there. Kind of kind of like what, what you got for Star Wars with, like, 12-year-old girls added in. Yeah. Or, you know mm. what it reminded me of, actually? It reminded me of when Spider-Man came out. You mm. literally had, like, 8 to 80. Or a Pixar movie. Yeah. And it was it was good and it wasn't you know, and, and I walked out of there going, I this was good. Yeah. It was good. I I look forward to the next one. So All right. It was I'm glad it did a hundred and fifty two million dollars. Yeah, well it made its it made its budget back. Yeah. I'm just surprised. Oh god, the budget was like seventy eight million dollars. Yeah. So Well, you know, you know they're gonna run into problems next time because everybody's gonna want more money and all this stuff. She did she did the role for like Half a million, I guess. 
That's what I had read. I don't know. Everybody, if they were, somebody, if they were smart, low. they would have signed everybody for three. Yeah, well, they, uh, they should have. I don't know. I'm not honestly. It's it's only a. Blip. Well, they've already got a date. They've got a date for the next one. They've got a oh, release okay. date for it. So, um, they call. You know, Jennifer Lawrence is going to get a call. We need you in a week. Yeah, yeah. I don't have a script. Did you read the fucking book? <laughs> Bring it. <laughs> Bring a copy of the book. People apparently seem very happy that it's that it's pretty faithful to the book. Yeah. Um, there's a couple outside of her type things that I read about that happened that kind of expand a little bit. Yeah, I um, mean the book is first person. Right. So, so you yeah, you gotta get give away that a little her. bit. Yeah. So that that's that's that makes sense. Yeah. That's probably what I would probably enjoy that a little more. Yeah. And everybody was great. Like Stanley Tucci was He's always great. good. Always good. Yeah, he is. I like him. Not at first. I don't remember what I first saw him in, but he's grown on me a lot since because he's just so dry. Yeah. I I can't think of anything I've seen him in that I haven't liked. I don't know. I don't know. He was just one of those guys where it's like, oh, who's that again? Uh, yeah, so he's a good guy. <laughs> nice guy. So uh, what else is going on? I don't know. I don't know. Prometheus is like a good buzz. Yeah? Yeah. That's all I'm thinking about is June. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, you know what? I should look up and see what's out in April because I, oh, the re-release of Titanic. Yeah. You know what, though? It's the 100th anniversary. Yeah. So I can understand that, I guess. That kind of makes That's sense, fine. right? And that, that Cameron guy, he needs a hit. <laughs> he just went into the Mariana Trench the other day. Like he's gone lower than any other person. <laughs> oh, that's the and one. He, and he saw Rush Limbaugh there. <laughs> and Michael Bay. Oh. So next week we have Wrath of the Titans and Mirror Mirror. Oh, did you see there was a picture floating around Facebook? There was um there was Remember the Titans. It was there was like the poster for Remember the Titans, Clash of the Titans, and Wrath of the Titans. They're just like I, I see it's a trilogy, but I don't the first one I just don't get. <laughs> It's I, don't a, see, I don't see how it ties in. Well, it's a prequel that yeah, takes place much so. later. <laughs> the rest is a flashback. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, Titanic's April 4th. Which what is, is Wrath? Wrath is this weekend, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. 3,500 screens. Mirror, mirror, 3,200. I think that'll do okay, but oh, I don't think that the, I don't think the target audience knows that, it's, uh, that the movie's aimed toward them. It doesn't look good. I'm actually going to go see it Friday with Lily and her friends. It's oh, her birth- okay. it's her birthday weekend. So I think it's going to be all right. I mean, it's a family live action Snow White. Yeah, it's not the other Snow White that no, I want to see. That one looks great. Yeah. Um, and then Bully is going to be on five screens, which we may or may not talk about today. I'm I'm not sure. Uh, April sixth is American Reunion. Yeah, I don't care. Yeah, that's not for us. That's like a generation. Yeah. Below. And then we have two movies coming out. Well, we have Lockout, which is coming out. Uh, but two movies competing against each other same weekend. Lockout. What is Oh, uh, that's the uh Prison in Space. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. You have the Three Stooges in your um Yeah, that's your movie thing there. That's not going to do too well. And I have Cabin in the Woods, which right. I think will be the number one of the weekend. Uh yeah, by then Hunger Games will drop to like third or fourth. Yeah, that's like that's like the that'll be like the third or fourth week for it. Actually, yeah. for the fourth, yeah. And then April twentieth, it'll be its fifth week that week. 
April 20th, we have The Lucky One, Think Like a Man, Marley, Chimpanzee, and To the Arctic. The only oh. reason I mentioned To the Arctic is I'm going to be building that soon. Oh, that's cool. Because <laughs> uh, that actually looks really good. We have the 2D version because we can't do 3D on the yeah. dome. But, um, yeah, that should that should hopefully be uh, – that should do pretty 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 good for us. And then at the end of April is uh, The Pirates. I have that in the thing. That actually looks really, really good. I think that's going to be fun. Yeah. And uh, The Raven and then Safe and Bernie, which I'm not too sure about. Oh, and five-year engagement, whatever. So that's it for April. Yeah. And then, and then summer May. kicks in. We generally do this, actually, every yeah. year about this time, don't yeah. we? Uh, summer, movie summer kicks in. Um, right first weekend right there. The Avengers. I'm looking forward to that. And then uh, nothing else is coming out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The best exotic Marigold Hotel. Yes, which is the, <laughs> I think, in second place for the worst title of the year, right after Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close. Extremely oh, yeah. Close and Incredibly If you can't remember the order of it, yeah, that's a you problem. you can't see it. Uh, then first position, a little bit of heaven in the perfect family. All those are like independent type stuff, it looks like. Um, Dark Shadows looks fun. Yeah, I'm glad it's there because it can just kind of get it out of the way. The Dictator, man, I don't... You know what? We all watched the trailer for Borat and went, eh... But the thing is, though, it's 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 the same thing. I know. It's the same thing. I know. He's going to say offensive things to people who don't know he's going to be offensive or don't, for some reason, they're the only fucking people in the world who haven't who don't know who he is. But if he, if he takes this political angle, which I hope he does, that could be funny to me. <laughs> it'll be, it'll be. It, uh. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Let's see what else. Girl in Progress, Nobody Else But You, Where Do We Go Now? And then a movie called God Bless America. Have you uh, have you seen the trailer for this? No, I have not. <clears throat> it's written and directed by Bobcat Goldthwait, and it's about a dude who's just had enough. <laughs> and he starts killing stupid people. All right. I'm all for that. <clears throat> Excuse me. Then the week after is um, probably... What I would call licensing gone wrong. Battleship? Battleship, which at least has battleships in it. Yeah, that's good. And then the big screen adaptation of what to expect when you're expecting. Which the is, only movie that makes me angry. Which is really only it's a it's a it's a folks are having babies and we just decided to get a title that people recognize. They didn't, you know, the only reason they, they put that title on or the reason they, they licensed the title is just to have the recognition. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's like, um, it's um like, what was that? Uh, he's Not That Into You. The yeah. book, I thought, was really funny. Yeah, when it's really just about small penises. <laughs> That's why I found it funny. Uh, I can't relate. <laughs> uh, me neither. You know, the movie Big Cocks come out. <laughs> Actually, I think a new version of that comes out every week. (laughs) And then the last week we have Chernobyl Diaries, which is from um, the producer, I think, of um, Paranormal Activity and Men in Black 3. You know what? Men in Black, I I don't know. I'll probably see it because I like Brolin, and I think he does a pretty good Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah. Um. 
Let's see. I don't know what Battlefield America is, but it says music and drama for the categories mm-hmm. underneath it. And then Snow White and the Huntsman. That'll be pretty good. And that is, what is that? June 1st. Um, oh, that's a good pairing on the 8th, I think. Yeah, Madagascar 3 and Prometheus. <clears throat> yeah. That's actually pretty smart. Yeah. Because then you can all go to the theater. Right. And then you can wait for Dad to be done, or Mom and Dad to be right. done watching their three-hour-long movie or however long it's going to end up being. Rock of Ages, actually, is the week after that. And that's... um. I'm surprised. I thought that would have been out like last year. <laughs> and we have uh, Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter up against Brave and Seeking a Friend for the End of the World. Interesting. And then G.I. Joe Retaliation, which actually looks kind of good. You know what it is? It's a re- retaliation from the script writers. <laughs> <clears throat> But a lot of these titles I actually don't recognize. Ice Age, Continental Drift, and Ted is on Friday the 13th of July. An amazing Spider-Man up against Savages. And then The Dark Knight Rises, kind of late in the summer, June twenty, uh, July 20th. My, which one is that? Where? Dark Knight Rises. Oh, uh, yeah. It's kind of late. And then here's a movie they'll have to change the title of, Neighborhood Watch. Yeah, you know what? I have not been paying attention to that situation. I've only been reading a little bit here and there. <clears throat> so basically, this kid was walking. He had his hood on. Some dumbass shot him. Followed him. Talked to the police. The police said, back off. And then, yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, back to the fun stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, in August, we have Born Legacy Diary of a Wimpy Kid Dog Days, which I'm Who's sure you the guys Jason will get. Bourne? Isn't it uh, Hawkeye? What's his face? Jeremy Renner? Yeah. Yeah, my I think it's him. He's and um and Total Recall. Which I'm curious about. Because I've read the synopsis and it still has absolutely nothing to do with except just very basic elements uh with the short story. Yeah. Um and it's all on Earth apparently. Huh. And then there's not too much else. Oh, Paranorman is uh That that's kinda cute. I'm in, looking forward in August, to that. yeah. That's fun. I'll watch that. Premium Rush, The Possession. But Odd Life of Timothy Green, that's going to be interesting. Who's in that? Nobody I can think, I can remember. I saw, I think I saw a trailer for ah, that. Nemo in 3D, I can't wait for oh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't wait for that. And that's that. good, up against Resident Evil and yeah. Argo. So that gets everybody in the theater. Right. Uh, Coogan's Trade, Dread, Hotel Transylvania, which I watched the um, the trailer for today. And it's uh, Gendy Tartakovsky, the guy that did Samurai Jack and the original yeah. Clone Wars cartoon is involved in that. Yeah. But Adam Sandler's doing the voice of Dracula. It's not so bad, though. Huh. It's not a typical voice from him. But it, it kind of reminds me of like Monster Squad, Monsters Go on Vacation, huh. which actually isn't a bad thing. So we'll um, probably be seeing more so of that, that soon. Was that July? No, we're is in uh, September. You're in September. Okay. So everything, all the big stuff is done. Yep, let's see what we got for horror in October. We got a Tim Burton stop motion Frankenweenie. Taken two. Yeah. Sinister from Summit Entertainment. I don't know what that is, but it's gotten a wide I'll release. I'll see Taken two. Taken was fucking awesome. I still have to see that. You now. really do. It is awesome. There's going to be another paranormal activity? Yeah, of course there is. Oh, 
I haven't they, watched the third like one yet. Five dollars to make. I haven't watched the third one because honestly, those things scare the shit out of me, and I feel like such an idiot after I watch them. Because oh, like God. the wind will blow the door closed, and I'm like, oh fuck, what was? Oh, it was the wind. I'm an idiot. There's no such thing as ghosts. I know. That's the sad part. I know. Red Dawn. Wolverine. Is that actually going to come out? I don't know. Skyfall. That's the Bond one, right? Yeah. In November. Oh, Breaking Dawn there. Part two is in um, what month? November. I thought it was June or something. Uh, Gravity could be kind of interesting. I want to see a trailer there for Rise of the Guardians. I haven't seen anything for that yet. And uh, let's move to December. Yeah, when you start getting your Oscar bait, you got The Hobbit, Les yep. Mis. Yep. Um, Untitled Catherine Bigelow, which she moved to December. That's interesting. Yeah, because, the, the uh, see, I would have said, no, fuck you guys. I'm going to make a movie about the people that killed Bin Laden, Ooh. and I'm going to release it in October. <laughs> Django Unchanged. Unchained. That's um, Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. I don't know. I like the original. I really am curious to see how he uh, puts his touch on it. Yeah. I'll watch it. But Gatsby, that'll be fun. I'm looking forward to that. I'm not familiar enough with the story. so oh, Yeah, that'll get an Oscar nomination. Oh, I'm sure. Definitely. Let's see what else in here. This uh, Catherine Bigelow one will. Definitely. Yeah, what I have. <laughs> the Hobbit. <laughs> All right, anyway. So. We wasted 22 minutes with that. <laughs> so that's waste. good. I thought it was a thoughtful discussion. So I don't know. I mean, it looks like... Um, Not a bad year. The summer will be pretty fun. What was the one in April that I have that's coming out against Three Stooges? I don't remember. Oh, Cabin in the Woods. No, I don't think... I, I, I'll, I'd Netflix that. Uh, so I guess the Avengers will be the first one I actually buy a ticket for. Yeah. So it'll be that, Prometheus, probably Spider-Man and Batman, and Paranorman and Nemo. Yeah. Because there's not a whole lot for, for kids over the summer. Like, I can't take the girls to I could take the girls to see Spider-Man, but it'd be boring for them for most of it. Right. I'm looking, to see, looking forward to seeing Wrath of the Titans. Cole wants to see that. And he's Ellen like, wants to see that. And I'm like, you know it's it's going to be dumb. And she said, yeah, but it looks interesting. It looks it looks great. And yeah. Cole's at the perfect age for that. He's nine, almost ten. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the other one, it was, it was kind of a rehash kind of yeah. whatever thing going on. It was... It doesn't it, even matter what the story is. The shit's just going to go no. crazy. No, and all and this cool. looks like is like the end of God of War 2. Right. So <laughs> it's fine. You know, the first one, the, the original didn't get a sequel. So all oh, right. After, after we get home from the movie, we would, after the movie, we all we went out to dinner. And um, so we're talking about Hunger Games and stuff. And I said, oh, I can't wait for... Because we were talking about how, you know, comparing it to Twilight and stuff like that. Right. I said, well, I can't wait for the parody for Hunger Games to come out. That'll be fun because you know they'll do one. Yeah. Okay. And um, I said, it'll be fun to see how they play with the names. And Cole goes, yep, they'll change Katniss to Cat Piss. Oh. <laughs> like, wow. That's a little more biting than I would have <laughs> gone with. And then, um, and then, like, later... They were talking about the movie. So that sort of that conversation died down for a minute. And then we sort of went on and somebody mentioned Fox Face or something like that. Right. So um so I go, 
oh, well, I know what they'll do for the parody of Foxface's name. <laughs> and none of them got it. None of them I got it. Hope no, not. but listen, none of them got it. Except like like it was just this quiet because Julie was disapproving. Of course. And, of course. Um, and Cole just loses his fucking mind laughing. Chris, I have never seen this kid laugh so fucking hard. He was doubled over. There's, like there's... like I'm talking like 2 minutes. This kid doubled over laughing hysterically, right? And the best part about it is Olivia and her friend are like I don't get it. <laughs> and he Cole looks and and that I just mean, fueled and exactly. Yeah. Cole just I mean, Cole's just this skinny lanky kid. <laughs> you just got to picture him looking at her. Fox face like like he wants to say it. He's looking at me and he wants to say it. And I want to tell him right. that he can say it, but I'll get divorced, yeah. right? So he's just like fox face. It's like, that is awesome. And he goes into another laughing fit. <laughs> so it finally hits Olivia. And she's just like, oh, my God. So she turns really red. Oh. So she leans into her friend. And she's like, fuck face. <laughs> and her friend's just like, oh, my God. <laughs> right? So we all had a nice big laugh about that. It was kind of funny, right? So later that night, right, we're driving. Um, I drove everybody home. And I still have Olivia's friend in the car and Olivia. So we drove the friend home. Yeah. So we're driving back and we're just, you know, chit-chatting or whatever. And then Olivia, you know, we're talking about the movie. And Olivia says, well, I guess they'll probably um, go, hey, bitch, for hey, bitch. <laughs> like, yep, that's probably it. So and uh, like over the weekend at some point. Oh, that was um, good. Over the weekend at some point, I just I don't know. I did I don't remember what it was. I think I had to drop some cereal or something like that, or said something dumb. And Olivia Olivia just sort of quietly looks at me. She goes, "Yeah, nice job, Fox Face." <laughs> right? And I laughed. I laughed really hard. I went, <laughs> "I'm like, <laughs> you get one. <laughs> That's yeah. it." She's yeah. like, "Okay." <laughs> She's like, yeah. That was close. That's pretty good. That was pretty good. Yeah, it was. It was pretty funny. Then that's a big moment because you just shared your first dirty joke. Yeah. So there, I can I can imagine there's there's the the uh, oh I get it it's funny oh shit I'm laughing oh wait nobody's yelling at me right. I'll keep laughing and then it just gets funnier oh, from there as, as she doesn't get it. Cole was so so funny <laughs> and it was great that nobody else got it. He yeah. Was, I really he. I think he pissed himself. He, it was so, so funny. I mean, you've seen him recently. And yeah. he's just, picture him just doubled over, like holding his belly laughing. It's just so fucking awesome. Oh, it's hilarious. Nice job. Fox face. That's good. That's good. <laughs> uh, anyway, kids swearing. It's priceless. You know... How old were you when you first swore, like publicly? I remember um, I was saw my street and a bunch of us are playing like stickball or hockey or something like that. And we're on the street and somebody did something. So I'm like face to face with some kid. Yeah. And I just went, fuck you. I was probably like seven or eight or mm. something like that. So he went and he like like into my yard, like tells my mom. Oh. 
And this is, I think this is the first time that I did this too. And I'm like, what? I didn't say that. I said, I looked at him and I said, forget you. <laughs> I turned around and walked away. Meanwhile, meanwhile, that. there was some African American kid with sunglasses on the side going, I'm going to use that later. <laughs> Fuck you, you equals forget you. you. Exactly. <laughs> like, CeeLo, you're going to play hockey? Do I look like I play hockey? <laughs> <laughs> yes, you're the goalie. <laughs> Oh, man. Because yes, he's fat. That was fun. I got it. Yes, we all got it. <sighs> Fuck's face. I'm sorry. I, got, I had to take that to the logical conclusion. <laughs> For those of you just waking up. Anyway. Fuck face. That's awesome. Uh, that's good. But I told them it was funny because we were talking about it. I'm like, Olivia, they could never do that in a parody. Because the parodies make their money on PG-13 audiences. Unless they bleeped it. Every time. Yeah. I could see that. That would make it funny, wouldn't yeah. it? All of their names get bleeped. <laughs> All of them. Hey, bleep. Yeah. Yep. That would be kind of funny. I really hope they don't do a parody because I don't think that the parody writers in Hollywood right now know what a parody is. You know? I don't know. They'll crank one. You'll see it in a year. Yeah. It'll be, you know, the Hungry Games or something like that. I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. It's going to suck. I'll give you that. Well, it'll, I mean, I like those movies. I think those movies are fun. Yeah, I don't understand that about you. <laughs> I really don't. Julie you like, like, that. the West Wing and the New Yorker and Scary Movie 4. <laughs> what the fuck? Fuck. Because I don't know, man. It's just goofy. And All right. No, hey, that's fair. I don't know. That's fair. Whatever. I bought Sucker Punch on Blu-ray, so there we go. <laughs> I'm going to give money to that Resident Evil movie. <laughs> yeah. But it just seems so beneath you. <laughs> it really does. Hey. I watched Disaster Movie and left my ass off. <laughs> I did. I Have you been lobotomized? What else was good? Like superhero movie. I, I couldn't take more than ten minutes of that. I really that. couldn't. I don't the know. Whole, no, like, did, did you watch the whole thing? What about Meet the Spartans? I thought that was kind of funny. Okay, so that's not funny. That's just kind of funny. It was kind of funny. Because that one made me want to, like... I was actively trying to develop a brain tumor so I could die before I finished that film. What I like about film. superhero movie, there's the thing where it's just, you know, it's like the the bad guy's character, like like in Spider-Man, throws all those flying bladed things. Oh, yeah. And there's this slow, like, trying to evade them kind of thing. Right. And he gets hit by every single one. <laughs> that would be funny. I, just, yeah. I thought it was funny. It's just like, ew, ow, ew, ow, ew, ow. <laughs> it's fucking awesome. Uh. I just thought that sometimes that shit just strikes me funny. Okay. I don't know. That's fair. What got me the oh, you know what else? There was a trailer for uh in front of Lorax, there was this trailer for Despicable Me. And it's just the minions singing, right? Singing. Yeah. You know, ba na na. <laughs> yeah. I was killing myself. I was laughing so hard at that, and then when he punches the dude at the end. <laughs> Because you have to watch the the second dude from the left. Yeah, because he keeps looking at the dude with the party blower. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was awesome. It was so funny. And then we watched it again, like when we were watching (laughs) trailers in my house. And um, and I got to test one of the things I love about Apple TV the most. It's it's like the the trailers app thing. Um, 
Yeah, I thought oh, I laughed my head off. It was fucking hilarious. That was kind of funny. Fuck face. Love that. <laughs> I think we should do a break. All right. Why don't we do that? I just want to take a second and tell you about a new website that is actually really interesting. It's called Beer Giver, B-E-E-R-G-I-V-R dot com. And the whole idea behind this is, is splashed on the front page. It says, owe someone a beer, maybe a missed party, birthday, or you lost a bet. No excuses. Time to pay up. Here's how it works. Through Beer Giver, you can buy an individual a drink or a round of drinks. All you need are three pieces of information. Personalized message, dollar amount, and the person's phone number. The friend will get a text message with a gift code, which is essentially beer money. You show your phone to a bartender at a participating bar, and you have money taken off your bill. Or if you're not at a participating bar, they can forward the money to their PayPal account. So essentially, free beer. This has been started in the Baltimore area. Some of the following bars and restaurants that currently accept Beer Giver are Alewife, Alonzo's, and Loco Ombre, Bad Decisions, Bartenders, that's in Canton, Brewer's Cask, Bond Street Social, Dark Horse Saloon, Finnegan's Wake, John Stephen Limited, Langerman's, No Idea Tavern, The Americana, The Hill, Tommy's Downtown Tavern, and the Waterfront Hotel Bar. Honestly, I think this is a fantastic idea, and I really can see this taking off. Check out the website if you live in the area or if you know someone in the area, in the Baltimore area. So it's B-E-E-R-G-I-V-R dot com. Beer Giver. And while you're at it, why don't you follow them on Twitter at Beer Giver, B-E-E-R-G-I-V-R. And of course, you can find them on Facebook, facebook.com slash Beer Giver, B-E-E-R-G-I-V-R. Check it out. I would cry. I love Larry Bird. <laughs> you know, that just started up right in the middle right of what I you said, were I saying. I love Larry Bird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Somehow I deleted my app for... Um, front row like no, i have... you didn't delete it no no you didn't delete it it um got taken away when you upgraded to 10.7 oh it's gone oh okay well then i don't feel like an idiot then i still had the alias though i guess that would well, make that sense, makes sense you can have the shortcut that yeah because i'm like how it the just fuck goes to nowhere like i know i needed to uh free up some space but fuck this is awesome. All right, so uh, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna play this. Hope it's not too loud. Ba 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 na na. Ba 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 na 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 na. Ba 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 na na na. Ba 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 na na na. Ba 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 na na na. 
One of the comments here, it's it's less than a minute long, so in the grand scheme of the show, that shouldn't really piss too many people off. <laughs> one comment says potato, right? But the next one says my favorite part begins at zero 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 and ends at zero fifty four. It's fifty three seconds long. <laughs> I like that. That's cute. Uh, oh boy. Oh, by the way, that quote. Yeah, I put on Facebook. Did you Google it? Oh, I did after a while, yeah. Because I'm like, that sounded like something I said last week. No, it's from Lost. I figured. <laughs> but it's a lot, it, it's really close it's to I something like I said, too, though. So, Which was, yeah, um, was you know, that's coincidence. And it was interesting because it, it was said by one, like, very religious person to another huh. person of faith, let's call him. Which is interesting. Did you know that's the emoticon for vagina? I did not. I don't. What are these a, things called? Um, brackets. Brackets. So it's parentheses, bracket, bracket, parentheses. This way, this this post is called "51 <clears throat> Christian Friendly Words for Vagina." Ooh, I thought you'd get a kick out of this. I'm going to see how many I can get through before you lose your shit laughing. Okay. Number one, puff pillow. <laughs> <laughs> Made it to one. <laughs> uh, fish cave. What? Baby door. Baby door. Okay. Eve's tunnel. Satan's doorbell. That would be the, the clitoris. Yeah. Reverse blowhole. Skin wand scarf. <laughs> Egg crate. Bullet wound. That's just terrible. I like this one. Sin flower. Okay. <laughs> Moist camel hump. <laughs> Happy nest. Canker blossom. All of these sound like either venereal diseases, yeah. strippers. Or the mouth of the kraken. <laughs> strippers or um, like lip gloss flavors. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> hey, don't forget to get me some uh, silk barnacle while you're out. Actually, if we throw a city <clears throat> name in front of it, we've got that game. A Cincinnati flap dragon. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Cape... What's, what's number 27? <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. I got to do the Cape Cod Clapper Claw. <laughs> 27? Yeah, and put the word Cincinnati in front of it. Cincinnati Ovary Hallway. Wow. Uh, we have Birth Cavern, Flesh Wrap, DNA Catcher, Frothy Cheek, Satan's Trap, Sin Muscle, Folded Flesh Leaf. That's just disgusting. I don't know why. They're doing it wrong. Harpoon target. <clears throat> slurping salmon. Devil's fun slide. The ovary highway. Whispering eye. See, that right there is a candle from Yankee Candle. <laughs> I thought it was uh, food that they served in the capital. <laughs> <laughs> Secret fish forest. That's a deodorant. <laughs> that's That's <clears throat> definitely mysterious. Cat in the hat. Sin Sliver, 
Devil Sponge, <laughs> Baby Portal, Warm Potato, Snake Trap. This one's disgusting. Blood Sewer. Ugh. <laughs> Twaddle Dandy. Magic Crepe. <laughs> Satan's Rosebud. <clears throat> Clack Dish. That sounds more Klingon. Yeah. Neighbor of Anus. <clears throat> Neighbor of... Pink Jello Box. <laughs> Pink Jello Box? Pink Jello Box. Rank Weasel. Stripped Monkey. Front Business. Okay. Don't kick her in her front business. <clears throat> nah. Man's Gift. Wizard's Sleeve. The Liquid Slip. That actually sounds like a connotation for heroin, doesn't it? Or a drink at a gay bar. <laughs> Fleshy <clears throat> Fault Line. Number 50 is the Pink Velveeta Shell. It would have been funny if number 50 was cunt. <laughs> <laughs> and number 51, the Pubic Pub. My God. Uh, so now All I right. guess we should see what else we have on this page here. Uh, what's it say at the top here? We have noticed a lot of vulgar usage of the word vagina on our site and social websites. And would <clears throat> ask if you could please use one of the following Christian-friendly words below instead. Now I will say that this is Christwire.org. That's awesome. So we learned our lesson with Christwire, haven't we? Those yeah. are those are fun. So now they all make sense, don't they? All right. Let's see. Hey, explain to me how Newt Gingrich can have like a hundred and thirty votes for him in the uh, primary, mm-hmm. and he still has not withdrawn from the race. Yeah, He's still know. asking people for money. <sighs> people are dumb, and they're giving him money. So what happens? <clears throat> Yeah. So somebody donates to your campaign, right? Right? Because it sounds to me like a great fucking way to make money. Yeah. All right? Somebody donates to your campaign. You know, you right? Make an effort. You still got say ten million dollars left over. Right. Okay. Go back to your job as a senator, or whatever. Okay. Yeah. You don't run again. Right. You don't run for anything. You just decide to retire into the woods. What happens to that money? I think. What happens when, when say, say Gingrich uh, pulls out, which is what the mother should have, father should have. Um, I think when he gives his delegates to whoever, I think that money can be put into a pack or a super pack because you can't use it for personal gain. It has to be, it's campaign financing. So it has to be for the campaign. Huh. So I think you can like <clears throat> gift it to somebody else. Like you can gift an app. Okay. <laughs> so what happens store. if he I just wonder what happens to that money like when he just I think he has to I I would assume and I don't know. He doesn't give it back. No, he wouldn't give it back, but I think it's used to to for the party to keep things going. I don't know. It's interesting. Cuz I know Giuliani was still like taking donations on his website like like a year and a half into yeah. Obama's term. Right. <laughs> I still got a chance. I'm still raising money. Yeah. Shh, Rudy. Yep. Shh, um, it's okay. 
Now, you've heard of uh, Betty Bowers, America's Best Christian on YouTube? Um, we've no, we've, we've used some of her clips one. before. Um, take a listen to, to this. If you believe being gay is a choice, but only because you chose a church that says so. Join the party. If you think the New Testament applies to you and the Old Testament to everyone else. Join the party. If you think life is sacred, but health is negotiable. Join the party. If you think the righteousness of being pro-life shouldn't interfere with the vindictiveness of being pro-death. Join the party. If you're for unobtrusive government, but one that goes around telling everyone if they're really married or just dating. Join the party. If you mistakenly think the Founding Fathers shared your faith but would never vote for anyone who shared theirs. Join the party. If you support the Constitution, but only the parts you've seen on TV. Join the party. If you tear at the torture of one, but cheer at the torture of many. Join the party. If you think it's intrusive to regulate a utility, but not a uterus. Join the party. If you're for states' rights, unless one of them slips a cancer patient some pot. Join the party. If you're for smaller budgets and bigger battleships. Join the party. If you idolize American history, but don't know any. <laughs> if your teenage daughter is an abstinence-only spokesperson and in her third trimester. Join the party. If your best example of marriage is a couple who is never married. If you worship a guy who told Eve. you to give everything you own to the poor, but then you go and call socialism evil. Join the party. If you hate religious extremists but are one. Join the party. <laughs> if you think homosexuality is the worst sin but have a savior who forgot to even mention it. Join the party. If you say you love America but the people you hate most always wind up being American. <laughs> Join the party. The grand old party where you can be for something while you're against it. I like that. I'm Mrs. Yeah, Betty no, Bowers and Jesus approves this message. <laughs> <laughs> She's really funny. Very, very biting, sarcastic wit there. Um, so let's move uh, in a sideways direction. We didn't talk about this last week, did we? No, we didn't, but, oh, man. Hey, I don't want to really get into the heavy stuff, so. <laughs> no, because this is, this is, I seriously, it's like some fucking hilarious demon is just putting shit in front of this guy. No, 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 say this, really. This, <laughs> this will help things. Well, this is, this is Pat Robinson, Robertson. I don't give a fuck to say his name right. Uh, it says, uh, on homosexuality, it's related to a type of demonic possession. Of course. Yeah, because that's the ignorant way to go with Most it. Most definitely. Yeah. Learning that Pat Robertson has something newly outrageous to say about homosexuality isn't really all that shocking. The 700 Club host has never hidden the fact that he disapproves of the LGBT community, to put it lightly, and he has dedicated hours of airtime to discussing the dangers of the so-called homosexual lifestyle. And then there's a slideshow of it below, but we don't need to see that. <laughs> but in a recent broadcast, see the video above, which we will, Robertson truly outdid himself when he proposed that homosexuality is related to a type of demonic possession. The claim came during a segment about a man who, according to Robertson, trolled the streets for seven years looking for cheap sex with other men while his wife sat at home completely clueless. What does that have to do with... Shit you only see in movies? I, I don't know. 
It didn't matter Whoa. who he did it with. What? Because Sean Derrick wanted it that badly. He was hungry for it. What? So for seven years, Fried Sean chicken? Hungry like a wolf. Longing for cheap sex with other men. All dun, the dun, while, dun. Sean's wife was at home and completely clueless. That her husband was a, young was a adult, U.S. Senator. Sean started to experiment <laughs> sexually. I really didn't have a real homosexual experience until probably 18 or 19 when I moved out on my own. As he grew older, he longed to have a family and felt he could change if he had a wife and children. Um, you go through that adjustment and I started feeling kind of neglected. Sean turned to the internet for companionship. Before long, he was keeping secrets from his wife. I would admit to maybe cruising the internet, but I never um, would admit to her that that cruising the gay website eventually led to me going out to the local cruise area. So he was um, gay and ashamed of me it. to yeah. getting out of the car, talking to someone, which eventually led to me meeting up at hotels. It took a long time for their marriage to heal. Sean says it was a step-by-step -step process that began with his repentance and deliverance from his homosexual lifestyle. God, yeah, that, that's how it works. Has set me free from the spirit of, of death and, and sin, and I don't have to be compelled or driven to act out the sinful nature. He's able to forgive and to restore. What's been broken in your life, have you thought? You know, and, and the world today says, okay, Sean, uh, so you are gay. You want to go out and have affairs with men? That's cool. Uh, you have an absolute right to do that. Why not? Can you pause for a second? So you're married. Well, that's too bad. So your wife doesn't like it. Well, tough. Have, yeah. have you ever heard the word cool said in such an uncool way? Oh, <laughs> there's nothing cool about this dude at all. Like, so what I'm getting out of this is what he's saying is, so a married man is going to go out and have an affair, and it's his fault because he's gay yeah so it seems to me that this guy sean um had some you know some uh experimentation went out tried it a little bit yeah all right apparently and, tried uh, it a little bit more realized yeah. he was gay kept right. trying it and now he's gonna stifle that yes because that's what yes. good sean christians will do either Leave his wife in three years, or in five, he'll kill himself because he's so unhappy. Yeah. yeah. The, the sad thing is, is that people will buy into this and they will think this is it. This is this is happy. Oh, all you have to do is god it away. And what? When we had the uh, <laughs> god it away, <laughs> the power of Christ compels me. Right. Penitent um, man, penitent man. We we went over the um, <laughs> Neil. <laughs> um, some dude just looked up somewhere. But... <laughs> Penitent man deals with cock. <laughs> um, wow, I totally lost it. Oh, we 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 talked uh, uh, about a month or two ago about the five regrets of the dying, and it's that he, one of them, one of the big ones, was I I didn't allow myself to be truly happy. Right. That's what this poor guy Sean is going to yeah. experience. His He's marriage gonna... isn't going to last. <sighs> what else does dumbass have to say? This guy's. Well, we got like a minute left, so we don't have to. Oh, that's not the right attitude. The attitude is that this is sin. It's wrong. It's only sin to Christians. And Sean realized it was wrong, but he couldn't control it. 
But somehow, what an amazing wife he had. Dear me, what an amazing person. How forgiving, how understanding. Well, yeah, for your but story. That type of conduct is wrong. And it's time that in society we say certain things are wrong. You're and wrong. However you look at it, the man is married and he's got a child and he's out having multiple affairs with men. He's picking them up on the streets. So he's obsessed. He has a, a compulsion. I would think it is somehow related to demonic possession. Oh, yeah. that's See, see but here's the thing. You know what, though? Yeah. I would say... I would say that Sean is wrong. Sean did do something wrong. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. If he started having these feelings, started having some doubts before he started looking around on the Internet and started stepping out, he should have talked to his wife and said, hey, this is what's going on with me. Yeah, I am conflicted because I am married to you and I think I'm gay. Right. So... And, and you then just made sort of go gay. on from there. So, <laughs> you, sorry, that's that is nowhere near anything I believe. You so. Slot lizard or whatever. <laughs> jello, pink jello, Velveeta flower, <laughs> fish forest. That was one. Stop of them. putting cheese on your pussy, for God's sakes! I'm gonna have a heart attack, <laughs> and then I'm gonna suck a dick. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, that that's what that is. Pat Robertson's a tool. When when is the uh, Southern Poverty Law Center going to label him as a hate group? I don't know, but you know what's going to happen in fifty years from now, right? Like our not <laughs> his robotic body years. will still have a talk show. <laughs> you know, 20, I think you know, gay people are evil. Twenty five years from now, kids are going to look back at this type of stuff yeah. the same way we would look back at like. The clan in like the twenties and thirties. Actually, I kind of I, I hope that yeah, it's kind of like how I look back on like um, what the fuck do you mean Rosa Parks was wrong sitting at the front of the bus? Right. What's what's wrong with you right. people? So what is uh, Carson S- Daly and JetBlue's captain's rant? I don't know. About this, this is the I don't know. I just saw the headline and I'm like, well, this will make a nice companion piece to the other stupid what, dickhead. What's the JetBlue captain rant? The the the, the captain of a JetBlue flight just totally fucking tweaked, and the co-pilot lured him out of the cabin, and they restrained him. And there was another captain, another another pilot. Um, flying back to wherever off duty and yeah. he took over captain duties or whatever co-pilot right. or whatever and um they safely landed and got that crazy fucker off the plane and what was the dude tweaking about he snapped he was talking about how the plane had a bomb on it and al-qaeda and all kinds of stuff right. like like he he just literally cracked from the pressure so what does carson daly I, why does he matter i have no idea but it says uh carson daly on jet blues captain rant Gay people wouldn't have stopped him. I'm okay. not. What? Let's just hear what he has. To yeah, because I don't care. I might be misinterpreting that. <laughs> uh, so, all right. Well, I'll just mute that so you don't have to hear that crap. So, I mean, there's a, there's only really one way to um <laughs> to interpret that um headline, isn't there? But I have no idea what being gay has to do with doing the right thing. And I actually have an example to counter his point. As soon as this ad for punked is over, here we go. Turns out on this particular flight, 
most of the people were on their way to some sort of security conference in yeah. Las Vegas. It was a group of very large men on that So there's plane. a bunch of dudes and well-trained dudes. What are the odds of that? Thank God, right? Thank God. Yeah. If that were me, I mean, my luck, it would be like, this is the flight going to Pride in San Francisco. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that would be that would be my, my colleague. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Uh, we're headed down to Vegas for the floral convention. <laughs> Can we get a little help up here with the pilot? Oh, no. Oh, no, it might break my nails. No, thank you. Handle it. Okay. All right. That's just... All right, I got a couple things to say about that. Dumb. What a fucking asshole. Seriously. Like, really? Your sexual orientation is going to determine whether or not you You're can badass? do that? <clears throat> oh, wow. Carson Daly's a has-been. He's a barely was. It says at the bottom here, as a number of bloggers have pointed out, the media personality seems to have forgotten about Mark Bingham, the openly gay passenger who reportedly joined several passengers in storming the cockpit of United Airlines Flight 93 during the 9-11 terrorist attacks. I need to go back to my Facebook page because I want to read something um, that would um, <clears throat> actively discredit what what he had to say there oh and the, the first thing is uh is a thing from bill maher that says hey jet blue uh don't if your pilot tweaks don't suspend him fire his ass right away yeah so um a, a friend a friend of the show openly gay friend of the show that mm -hmm. uh, i won't name because right you know no need to but i will read his post okay <laughs> that'll narrow it down yeah, but no, I think this will this will help prove how much of a how how wrong he is, and he'll never know it. Right. Um, this person wrote just had to intervene in a domestic dispute on two fifteen and call the police. Baby daddy with a restraining order tried to kidnap his daughter. I had to grab the daughter and call nine eleven not nine one one. I'm so used to reading it as nine eleven. Terrorists have ruined everything. And then he wrote, "Hey GOP, please give up on this birth control bullshit. A lot of people should not have kids." The police showed up. And arrested the guy who was screaming threats at me as they drug him away. I now have a mortal enemy. Well, another one. <laughs> so uh, it doesn't matter if you're gay or not. It just matters if you're brave and yeah. know what the right thing to do is. Yeah, exactly. And you know, dude, congratulations for doing that and doing the right thing and not getting killed. Because <laughs> <laughs> that would have been terrible. But you know, he prevented a serious situation. Yeah, seriously. Which is fantastic. Good job. I don't know if I would have had the guts to do that. Let's see what else we got here. Uh, <laughs> oh, I love this one. <clears throat> Mitt Romney says, I won't detail my plans because then I'd lose. Mm, that's confidence in your plans there, Mitt. But doesn't that mean you've lost? What is this? I, I, what is this headline? It doesn't even make sense. What is this headline here? Santorum sounds warning about pink balls. Oh my god. This guy Santorum's campaign is sponsored by the fucking it, onion. It really is. Mitt Romney has embraced a budget plan that would entail cutting federal programs other than defense and social security by more than half. It does beg the question of how he plans to carry out such a sweeping goal. In an interview with the Weekly Standard, Romney says he'd eliminate a bunch of departments but won't say which ones. You know, it's really funny. That's kind of like like when your wife is mad at you. <laughs> yeah. If you don't know, I'm not going to tell you. Exactly. You should know what you did wrong. It's like, Could be know, so many things, though. Seriously. It's like 
It's that it's that episode of uh, of Modern Family where he thinks it's the stuff that would have pissed her off, but it was the wedge salad. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, there was another repeat tonight, huh? Oh, was there? Mm. I don't know. I saw it on your neighbor's TV when I was coming in. Yeah, I know, huh? Big TVs there. Seriously. <laughs> nice, huh? Uh, let's see. He said, one of the things I found in a short campaign against Ted Kennedy was that when I said, for instance, that I wanted to eliminate the Department of Education... That was used to suggest I don't care about education. Well, well, Mitt, you know that's what kind of what it sounds like. Yeah, Romney recall. Oh, Romney recall. Fucking fox face. So I think it's important for me to point out that I anticipate that there will be departments and agencies that will either be eliminated or combined with other agencies. So, for instance, I anticipate that housing vouchers will be turned over to the states rather than administrated at the federal level. And so at this point, I think of programs to be eliminated or to be returned to the states, and we'll see what consolidation opportunities exist as a result of how those program, uh, as a result of how those program eliminations. Uh-huh. Oh, exist as a result of those program eliminations. Sorry. So will there be some that get eliminated or combined? The answer is yes, but I'm not going to give you a list right now. You know what? That probably is the most honest look at him so far because that's that that was his job was um, combining and eliminating companies and stuff like that. Yeah. And that means that a lot of people probably are going to lose their jobs. Yeah. So, so how's that? How's that's not creating I, I jobs? Know. I don't know. I don't get it. I don't get it. You want to read that one about Santorum with the pink balls? Yeah. What the fuck is that? I don't know. Maybe just. He, I, I think according to his plan, he just wants everybody to have blue balls. Oh, and uh, Randy had pointed out that the quote that's going around about Santorum uh, wanting to ban, especially ban gay porn, um, and it's the only thing that him and Al Qaeda or whoever have see eye to eye on. That's it's a false quote. I just want to put that out there. Um, Rick Santorum incited the ire of gay rights advocates when he told a boy to not use a pink bowling ball during a campaign stop at a Wisconsin bowling alley. I would have hit him right in the front business with that. What? Like what? I am going to use the words front business as much <laughs> as I possibly can. <laughs> According to Reuters, Reuters Sam Youngman, Santorum told a young man at South Lane's Bowling and Pizza in Lacrosse to avoid using the femininely colored ball. You're not going to use the pink ball, the former Pennsylvania senator said. We're not going to let you do that. Not on camera. Oh, my God. What a fucking asshole. At the prompting of another reporter, Santorum also quipped, friends don't let friends use pink balls. <laughs> The Human Rights Campaign, a prominent LGBT rights group, condemned Santorum for advancing tired gender norms by implying a ball should be ashamed or embarrassed to use a certain color bowling ball. Yeah, you know what? You can't change the nature of the person, so just let them do whatever the fuck they want. It's a fucking bowling ball, Rick. If I had a little boy and he wanted to play with... with, with you know, Ariel or Cinderella Barbies or whatever. All right, Shit whatever. Matter. My girls play with 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 My Little Pony and Disney Princess stuff and Barbies. And 
the other day Ripley brought down uh, Catwoman, Two Face, Mantis, and um, Red Tornado action figures. I, I like, can picture your girls playing with like Batman riding in on a My Little Pony. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, that 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 can and does happen. The, actually, they have two different Doctor Octopus toys. Ripley had two different Doctor Octopuses. One of the bigger ones from Spider Man Two, and one of the little ones from like, you know, a little smaller yeah. than uh, Star Wars figure size. One was the dad, and one was the son. <laughs> yeah, you know, I want to go to work with dad. <laughs> We're gonna rob a bank. <laughs> High fiving takes forever. <laughs> Let's see what we got here to finish this one out. Um, this is another example of Rick Santorum intentionally making ignorant statements that have a real impact on LGBT people. Human rights campaigns. Fred Sains said in a statement, "Kids have enough to worry about. They don't need Rick Santorum telling them that using a pink bowling ball is a bad thing." I would have loved it if the kid had looked and said. Um, this is because my mom has breast cancer. Motherfucker. Bitch. I hit you in your front business. It <laughs> definitely sounds like a Tina Fey thing, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, my pants got all bunched up in my front business. <laughs> have you been watching 30 Rock? No, I haven't. Oh, my God. I got to go back. So good. Ever since What's-Her-Face came on. Um, Kristen Schaal? Yeah, I, that's the oh last time I watched She one. has been awesome. Kenneth has been awesome. It has been so good. I'm gonna I'm gonna go back and like watch them all at once. Really good stuff. I've like been watching certain episodes two or three times. Really good. Nice. What else? This is last week's intern made another bowling stomp during which he bowled a turkey. Is a turkey a perfect game? So that that's three strikes in a row. Oh, that's it. Yeah, that's nothing. It's a turkey. Yeah, but that's. Fuck, I could do that when I was 10. I don't know. In a row? Yeah. All right. With big pink balls? Dude, you should see the size of my balls. Don't ever say that to me again. <laughs> Not unless you've got a drink in your hand. Hey, it's my front business. <laughs> the GOP presidential oh, candidate. The older you get, it's going to be your back business. It's my, it's, my, it's my middle front business now. <laughs> Uh, the GOP presidential candidate touted his apparent lack of bowling skills as relatable during an appearance on Face the Nation. I was bowling in Sheboygan yesterday with a bunch of folks at a tournament and threw three strikes in a row, he said during the Sunday interview. That's a turkey. That tells you... What is that? Ah, oh, fuck it. That, sorry. That tells you you've got someone here who can relate to voters in Wisconsin just like those of us in western Pennsylvania who grew up in the bowling lanes. Dude, I grew up in a house, not in a bowling lane. So so because he can th- roll a ball down a wooden lane and knock down other wooden things. That gives him street cred, yo. Yeah. What the fuck? Like, seriously, what the fuck? I don't know. I don't know. Time for a break. We gotta find something else good to bitch about.
Hey fans, it's Ken Forey. Just want to tell you about Mail Order Zombie. Great company. They review zombie films, any zombie film, every zombie film. And it's uh, something you should tune into. So if you get a chance, go to the website, look these guys up, Mail Order Zombie, and find out what the hot zombie films are today. What's going on? These guys are right on the, the cutting edge of, of reviewing zombie movies. And if you're a zombie, or you want to be a zombie, or you're thinking about being a zombie, or your mom's a zombie, your dad's a zombie, or your damn mother-in-law's a zombie, tune into Mail Order Zombie, baby. You'll find out what's going on. Ken Forey, and that's out. Hammer Film Productions began in 1934, and after producing almost 200 films and television programs, the studio is still releasing and re-releasing new and classic film titles. 1951 Down Place is the podcast that brings you the story of the great Hammer films, one movie at a time. Here are your hosts describing what Hammer means to them. First is Casey. Hammer means the beautiful and glamorous women of Hammer Horror, the engaging storytelling and amazing period films. Joining him is Derek. Hammer means the incredible work of actors like Peter Cushing, Christopher Lee, and even Michael Ripper. The gothic storytelling, the incredible music, and the set pieces. And finally, here's Scott. Hammer? Wasn't that an 80s cop show on ABC with David Raish? This boy has a lot to learn. Join our hosts as they make their journey through the Hammer Films catalogue and discuss each film with critical opinion, historical facts, production notes and other information about these classic films. 1951 Down Place can be found in iTunes or their website www.1951downplace.com Wait, that was Sledgehammer. 1951 Down Place, the home of Hammer Films discussion. Right, so if, if the shit about Rick Santorum is not stupid enough, let's move to New York City. The Big Apple. I don't know if you can say that word anymore. War on words. New York City Department of Education wants 50 forbidden words banned from standardized tests. Oh, like what are these forbidden words? Oh. Are they like George Carlin's words? That you can't well, it's funny. It says George Carlin is rolling over in his grave. He would lose his fucking mind at some point. On this, especially considering the words and why. The New York City Department of, Department of Education is waging a war on words of sorts and is seeking to have words they deem upsetting removed from standardized tests. Like what? What are these words? All right. Let me read a little bit more of the article here to give some background. Fearing that certain words and topics can make students feel unpleasant 
Officials are requesting 50 or so words be removed from city-issued tests. Like what? Hold on, hold on. I gotta steal myself for this next paragraph. What the The word dinosaur made the hit list because dinosaurs suggest evolution, which creationists might not like. Too fucking bad. WCBS 880's Marla Diamond reported Halloween is targeted because it suggests paganism. No, it doesn't. It suggests candy, motherfucker. A birthday might not be happy to all because it isn't celebrated by Jehovah's Witnesses. What, birthday? The word fucking birthday? What the fuck is wrong with these people? This is what they're doing? Yeah. This is how they're spending their days? Yeah. What the fuck? I swear to... Are you... Oh, my fucking God. Really, what else? Julie Lewis's family celebrates Christmas and Kwanzaa, but she told CBS 2's Emily Smith she wants her children to appreciate and learn about other holidays and celebrations. They're going to meet people from all walks of life, and they're going to have to learn to adjust, Lewis said. That is that is absolutely 100% really reasonable. No, but no, but that's, but that's fine, because, I mean... Think about it. If I grew up going to going to church, I grew up Catholic, and I met I met a friend of mine, Lee, and he was Jewish, and I'm like, Jewish? What the fuck is that? Why do you wear that little thing on your head? And I adjusted my thought process around new information. Right. So she's that's perfectly yeah, no, fine. No, that makes fucking sense. But <clears throat> this is bullshit. Words that suggest wealth are excluded because they could make kids jealous. Poverty is also on the forbidden list. That's something Cy Flegel. <laughs> Seriously, with the Center for Educational Innovation calls ridiculous. You know what? When I was, I don't know, probably about 24, 25 years old, I worked at a summer camp. Mm. And at the end of every year at the summer camp, they did like the counselors put on sketches and included some of the kids and stuff like that. Yeah. One of the songs that I couldn't use was (laughs) Don't Worry, Be Happy. Okay. Because there's a little line in there about like, Somebody losing their house. Oh yeah, or you yeah, got yeah. no heart. And I was told that I can't use that song because it might, because you know there might be kids in the camp who have gone through a homelessness issue, and it might offend them. All right, folks, fuck you. Oh my god, uh, was it Louis C.K. who said, um, "You know, you have the right to be offended. Now just shut the fuck up about it." It's like you're offended. Now move on. It's 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 over. Uh, the Petersons take a vacation for five days in their Mercedes. So what? You think our kids are going to be offended because they don't have a Mercedes? You think our kids are going to say, I'm offended. How could they ask me a question about a Mercedes? I don't have a Mercedes. Okay, why don't we just stop selling Mercedes? How about Except, that? Yeah. Because people might see them and get offended. Right. In a throwback to Footloose. The word dancing is also taboo. Well, because those kids in the wheelchairs might not be able to do it. Fuck you. Watch Glee. Next. However, there is good news for kids that like the ballet. The city made an exception for this form of dance. Actually, that indicates more wealth to me, too. So, Also banned are references to divorce and disease because kids taking the test may have relatives who split from spouses or are ill. Some students think banning these words from periodic assessment tests are ridiculous. Yeah. If you don't celebrate one thing, you might have a friend that does. So I don't see why people would find it offensive. Curtis High School sophomore Jamela Lewis told Diamond. 
School Chancellor Dennis Walcott said the DOE is simply giving guidance to the test developers. So we're not an outlier in being politically correct. No, you're in the for- fucking forefront of that. Uh, this is just making sure that the test makers are sensitive in the development of their tests. No. To which Flegel responded, it's all of life. I don't know how they figure out what not to put on the list. Every aspect of life is on the list. You know what? Here's the thing. Everything is fine and everything's offensive. Go to bed, you yeah, motherfucker. Yeah, that, that's true. Yep. Oh, you can't say motherfucker anymore because someone might have fucked their mom. All right. Actually, wouldn't everybody that has two kids be a motherfucker? Yeah. I am a motherfucker. Me too. I fucked my kid's mom. Yeah. I could have gone there, but I didn't. And when I was single, I'll be honest, there was this woman who fucked somebody else's mom. Too. <laughs> uh, there are band words currently in school I districts a lot. nationwide. Walcott said New York City's list is longer because its student body is so diverse. That's that. Here's a list of words that could be banned. Abuse. Physical, sexual, emotional, or psychological. Alcohol. Beer and liquor. Tobacco or drugs, birthday celebrations and birthdays, bodily functions, cancer, uh, and, bodily functions, and what, no other more fuck diseases. jokes on the standardized tests. Is that it? Yeah, yeah. If if Joey farts out four cubic meters of methane, fuck, <laughs> fucking fox faces. Um, cancer and other diseases, catastrophes, disasters, tsunamis and hurricanes, celebrities. What? I don't know. That one has no explanation. Children dealing with serious issues, because God forbid we prepare them for the fucking hardship that life is. Cigarettes and other smoking paraphernalia. Computers in the home, acceptable in a school or library setting. Crime, death and disease, divorce, evolution. (laughs) Expensive gifts, vacations, and prizes. Cheap expense, cheap gifts and prizes. Yeah. Cheap gifts and runner-up prizes. Yeah. Participant ribbons. <laughs> Gambling involving money, Halloween, homelessness, homes with swimming pools, hunting, so no talk about Hunger Games. No. Junk food, in-depth discussions of sports that require prior knowledge. What the fuck? This is absolute, this has to, uh, is this the onion? No, it's CBS New York. This is ridiculous. Loss of employment, nuclear weapons, occult What topics. about loss of nuclear weapons? Well, they don't talk about that either. Uh, occult- My dad lost a nuclear weapon once. <laughs> occult topics, i.e. fortune telling. Parapsychology, so no Ghostbusters references. Oh. <laughs> Politics, pornography. This is life. Yeah, no shit this pornography. This is everything. Poverty. If, if Sally sucks two cocks on Tuesday. To be fair, evolution and religion are barred. Rap music, religious holidays and festivals, including but not limited to Christmas, Yom Kippur, and Ramadan. Religious rap music about losing nuclear weapons to a ghost. What about poverty pornography? <laughs> Someone just fucking a paper bag. <laughs> Rock and roll music, running away, sex. Okay, you know what? Just writing rock and roll music. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, 
Yep. Where's my hat? Go start the Studebaker. Yes. President Eisenhower was doing a very nice job. <laughs> Next week on, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> Make sure you plug in your Victrola. Leave it to the beaver. Leave it to beaver. Uh, sex, slavery, Let's terrorism. Sex, slavery, terrorism. <laughs> Because sex slaves make the most terrifying terrorists. (laughs) Television and video games, excessive use. You just see a whole bunch of little boy Thai sex workers (laughs) strapping bombs to themselves. That's terrible. (laughs) Yeah. Traumatic material, including material that may be particularly upsetting, such as animal shelters. For fuck's sake. Vermin, rats and roaches, and the fucker that came up with this list. Violence, war and bloodshed, weapons, guns, knives, etc. And witchcraft, sorcery, etc. Unfucking believable. <sighs> that's that's F that's life. That is. That is really, it is. It's, it's all the awesome stuff. Not even all the awesome in, stuff. In movies, it's, just, it's all the awesome stuff. It's just, but it's just stuff. Violence, rock and roll music, and pornography. Well, yeah, that's all pretty good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Especially if it's all in the same day. And you can't have violence without <laughs> weapons. Playing a guitar, right? This is, this is yeah. playing a guitar while getting a blowjob, all right? And then yep. taking that yep. guitar, and just as the moment you're about to come, you smash that guitar down <laughs> on the back of whoever's blowing you. Ooh, that's violence. That's that's like self mutilation. <laughs> well, there you go. Self mutilation was not on the list. It's a go. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's traumatic material. You like that traumatic material? That's like, like thematic that. elements. I guess you could put in. You can't put in autoerotic asphyxiation. No, not if you can't say. Well, it. I think opened up for the Clash in the eighties, right? No, 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 no. Um, um, it was in excess. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing? Unbelievable. No, no I got yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking idiots. That's just ridiculous. I know, it's huh? Like New York City too. That's yeah. Just... Yeah. Oh man. Oh. Oh, what's this one? It's titled "Watch This Woman Fail to Solve World's Easiest Math." Oh problem. my God, I saw this. Have you watched this? This is the fucking best. Should I should I save that for the they, end they of the show? Up, they ended up getting on the Today Show. Did they? Was yeah. she serious? I. She is either. We should actually just play it now, okay? okay well, because I want to talk about it. Okay. Oh, all right. All right. All right. This is awesome. All right. How long is this? It's like about it's four, four and a half minutes, and yeah. it's worth every fucking minute. It is. Of it. it really is, kids. Listen up. Oh wait, no longer available. Copyright Due to a claim? copyright claim by Travis Chambers. Fuck you, Travis Chambers. I want my stupid blonde. Absolutely hilarious. And I got to tell you, she is either stupid blonde thing. Um, thinks Europe is a country. Yeah, um, oh, she is either me? the dumbest woman on earth, or she's absolutely brilliant. Oh, she could be. Uh, she could be brilliant. Yeah. Basically, folks, um, this guy asks his wife the question. I, I, Let's see if it comes up. 
Yeah. All, right. All right. We're traveling from Logan to Boise, and I just proposed a math question to my beautiful wife, Chelsea. And the question, very difficult to calculate, is if you are traveling 80 miles per hour, how long does it take you to go 80 miles? Okay, what do you think, Chell? Let's go through the process. What do you think? Well, if I run the mile in about nine minutes... What the f Wait, what about the tire turning thing you were talking about? You think that affects it? Well, I'm just guesstimating probably about... It turns about 400 <laughs> times in a mile. That's just ca calculate, like guessing calculations? Yeah, I don't know how you would work that out. It would be tough. So, I don't know, because if I run a mile in like nine minutes, then, I mean, but that's when I'm out of shape. When I'm really in shape in like <laughs> seven minutes is when I'm like really in shape. And that takes me a mile. And we're going 80 miles. I'm running at about probably 10 miles per hour, if that. Yeah. And that's pretty fast for a human being. But, I mean, it's got to take at least, like, 58 Wait a minute. minutes or something. Oh, 58 minutes? That's pretty close. If she's running a mile in seven minutes, she's running about 10 miles an hour. Yeah, not so much. I didn't she's, catch that the first time she's around. She's running about six miles an hour? Six, maybe seven miles. Maybe, maybe seven. Maybe seven. seven. I don't know. Her math yeah. seems pretty spot on. But I just had to stop that because... That just kind of, with just, the rest of what happens in here, that just slips yeah, by, like yeah, like unnoticed. Yeah, that's that's nothing compared to, oh, well, yeah. the tires it turning, the so tire conversation is awesome. Do you want to know what the answer is? What? Think about 80 miles per hour. Yeah. So how long does it take me to go 80 miles if I'm traveling 80 You're miles driving fast. per you are, hour? You are driving faster than a minute a mile. Yeah, totally. So it, I would whack 80 in half, and that's 40. I don't Because, I mean, that. you're probably going just, two minutes a mile. Just whack it in half. Well, it depends on that. I mean, some cars' tires turn faster than others. Yeah, definitely affects it. Because, I mean, I think a truck probably is slower because it weighs more. Mm-hmm. But I think it also matters if your car's a stick or automatic. Okay, Chell. What? Think about the term miles per hour. MPH. MPH. So if if I say I'm driving 80 miles per hour, that means I'm going to go 80 miles in an hour. No, you are not, because you are driving faster than a mile a minute. I can run one mile in seven minutes, <laughs> and that's a 10. Okay, so I mean, I got, that's booking it too. Okay, so if I'm going 60 miles per hour? Then you're probably, it'll take about 30 minutes. <laughs> I would just cut it right in half. <laughs> I'm trying to explain the answer, but. Well, you are not making sense because I make sense, you do not make sense. My, my car's tires may be a little, they're kind of a little flat, so they may not move as fast as like, a police officer's tires that are full, but 
Okay, child, the answer. My tires are turning maybe, I'd say about 400 times per mile. Okay, I'm gonna tell you the answer. You ready for no, the they answer? they gotta be like a thousand. You ready for the answer? The answer to. You don't know the answer. I do know the you answer. You can guess to me just like I guessed to me. <laughs> I guessed to me. I'm using math and science. <laughs> I'm using my own, I'm using my own term. Okay, child. The answer to the question, how far, no, how, <laughs> <laughs> How long it does it take stupid. me to travel 80 miles if I'm driving 80 miles per hour? The answer is one hour. Your okay. guess was close. So say you drive 60 miles per hour at 60 miles. You want to go 60 miles at 60 miles per hour. Is that an hour? Yep. What about 40 miles at 40 miles per hour? Then you will go 40 miles no, in one no. hour. You cut that in half. You're going more than a mile a minute. <laughs> okay, let's time. Right now, let's time and see. He's not filming. He actually stopped filming when she asked. Okay, so they were on the on what show? On the Today Show. Okay. What did they have to say? I don't know, but she is, like I said, she is either the dumbest bitch in America or fucking brilliant, okay? I, I she, believe that she believed that. I believe that she's as dumb as a bag of hair. So. Either that or, 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 she's, or, or she's just like the most brilliant actress ever. Could be. Because, but the thing is, though, like, she didn't crack, like, she didn't, like, no. She was buying everything that she was saying. It's oh, a yeah. damn good thing that she's pretty. <laughs> well, that's the thing that kills me is like like I've always talked with my wife and and we we've I cannot be around people that I can't talk to. Yeah. If I was near somebody and I had that 4-minute conversation, I would never set foot near them again in my life. Yeah. On the on the flip side of this, though, yeah. on the flip side of this, the husband, yeah, total douchebag. Because that's not cool. Okay, why would you across the planet embarrass someone who fucks you? Did did, did you see how stupid she is? Yeah, I mean, that's true. I mean, seriously, that's true. She it, probably it, saw this video and and didn't even realize it was her. <laughs> I have a funny story about my wife, but I I can't even describe it without like a visual. So I'll just I'll just tell you later. But it has to do with the controls on, um, for the for the music on a phone. Okay, it's just it's like the difference between a a control and a status kind of thing. Okay, it's it was absolutely hysterical. It had me laughing my ass off. Oh, fucking Victoria Jackson again. <laughs> and Joe the oh, Plumber. Oh, and Joe the Plumber. Oh, this must be a fucking match made in paradise. Oh, my God. It'd be like watching two of the Easter Island statues argue with it's each just other. It's like, who can hate more? <laughs> Me. <laughs> I hate them. Uh, Tea Party wingnut and former SNL star Victoria Jackson interviews Joe the Plumber, who's running for Congress. Can Lauren Michaels just have her killed? Because every time she comes out and says something stupid, they mention that she was on Saturday Night Live. Yeah, but you know what, though? I'll bet the rentals go up. Oh, yeah, she used to be funny. She did used to be funny. Now she's a fucking whack job. Yeah, I don't know what happened. 
Uh, in the video, Joe the Plumber, a.k.a. Samuel Joseph Wurzelbacher, seriously, says he's running against Marcy Kepter and Dennis Kucinich. So it must be a few weeks old as Kucinich lost the primary election. Um, Wait, who's, who is he running? What is he running for? Congress. Oh, Congress. Where? I don't know where the fuck he's from. Um, Because there is no state called Hicksville, right? No. Like the 51st state? Wait. Oh, I got to I gotta go to something else here. Joe the Plumber said people don't understand the dictionary. It's called queer. No, it's called the dictionary. What's he talking about? Just when you thought we were safe from stupid. This is from 2009, by the way. Yeah. Joe the Plumber is back in 2009 in an interview with Christianity Today, which published last month's interview with Newt Gingrich, discussed here. Samuel Wurzerbacher, talking about gays and gays mar- gay marriage, had this to say. At a state level, it's up to them. I don't want it to be a federal thing. I personally still think it's wrong. People don't understand the dictionary. It's called queer. Queer means strange and unusual. Like, it's queer that he's running for Congress. Yeah. It's queer that you could show a movie on that man's head. It's it's not like a slur, like you would call a white person a honky or something like that. Who the fuck does that? I don't know. George Black Jefferson. Dynamite. George Jefferson. <laughs> oh, my God. We don't wear seersucker suits anymore, so it must not be the 70s. You know, God is pretty explicit in what we're supposed to do, what man and woman are for. Fuck it. There we go. Now, at the same time, we're supposed to love everybody and accept people and preach against the sins. That's what the fucking Bible says, right? Love everyone. Yeah. I've had some friends that are actually homosexual, like, like he's surprised. Like, like, like they got the, some sort of seal of approval from <laughs> Notar- actually, look, notary like, public stamps. These are, these are real fags i'm talking about here. yeah okay yeah, notar- they were stamped by the notary right. public on their front business exactly <laughs> uh and i mean they know where i stand and they know <laughs> that i wouldn't have them anywhere in- oh, Gay approved. God. this is this kills me and i mean they know where i stand and they know that i wouldn't have them anywhere near my children but at the same time they're people and they're going to do their thing he realizes that most child molesters are heterosexual, right? Yeah, I don't think he does. What a fucking ignorant asshole. All right, let's get back to the fucking idiot crazy convention. This um, chick is so nuts. God, it's too bad because I liked her on Saturday Night Live. I really did. I thought she was funny. Let's hear it all good. There's an interview. Yeah. Whoa. Careful, her voice is going to be terribly grating. Hi, this is Joe the Plumber's wife. Hello. We finally found Joe the Plumber. Glad to see you. And hey, I don't have to fly to Ohio now. You don't. That's a good thing. Hey, is she going to interview you or am I going to? I would love to. Well, let me. Joe the Plumber. I'm, Joe the Plumber. I, I met you in Searchlight. Hey, Joe. Oh, hey, how are you? Good. Yeah, you're not doing anything. Let me just interrupt. Long time no see. Joe, what position are you running for? 
uh, Congress, 9th uh, District. Of Ohio? Of Ohio, against uh, Dennis Kucinich and Marcy Kaptur. Okay, and I've heard the name Kucinich before. Is he like a bad person or a good person? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, personally, I don't know. I've never met him personally, but his... his his ideals and thoughts for America are very bad. Do you? Yeah. What are his yeah, ideals so and thoughts? Dressing up like uh, very. I'm sorry. Very left of center. Okay, we don't want left. <laughs> you have to beat him. And who's the other person? Marcy Kaptur. Is she a conservative? No, she's very left of the center as well. She's very nicely, very personable, does a lot of individual favors. Brings back a lot of money to Toledo and gives them to certain groups or individuals. But she doesn't seem to be a, a congresswoman for the rest of us. Okay, is it going to be a tough fight because she gives free stuff away? It'll be a tough fight. You know, okay. that's not free. That's the thing that we got to let the taxpayers know is they take their taxpayers' money from the people of the district, and then she decides she's going to give it back to them. So it's not real generosity. No. And you will always be my hero because you stood up to the communist dictator and actually said to him, what did you say to Obama on the campaign trail? Well, I just asked him why he wanted to raise my taxes if we made a certain amount and why he gets to decide who's rich and who's not. And then he said, it's good for everyone if we spread the wealth. Exactly. And when he said spread the wealth, my brain exploded because I learned That's in seventh grade that that is a phrase from the Communist Manifesto. Yes, it was a bad idea. Essentially what he said is he wants me to earn it, take it away, and then have me go earn it again. The first time wasn't good enough. Yeah, but you're the only person who stood up to him. Nobody ever, ever stood up to him and made him say what he really is, you know? I just caught him at an unguarded moment. So you're my hero forever. <laughs> Yay, go forward. Yeah, it really, really helped him not get elected. Wow. Wow. It's, wow. It's like this. Wow. I have only seen ignorance on that scale. Um when I get, uh, I've signed up for groups. Like you get these these group update things. Like I signed up for on Facebook a politics one, a movie one, yeah. right? And I get shit, and I just I get stuff like Rick Santorum's released a press thing, like the Newt Gingrich like thing, where it says like, I everybody donate fifty bucks, that would be great. I commented on the thing. Yeah, I said I don't. I, <laughs> the last thing I commented, and I don't go back and look because I don't give a right. shit, right? I said. Is everybody seeing the same poll numbers that I'm seeing? Because this guy should have quit a month ago, and he's still asking for money. Yeah. And Santorum will come up, and it'll be like, uh, even if this guy wins the general election, landslide for Obama. Yeah. <sighs> I don't. I don't get it. Romney is the only, and I say this very loosely, only credible threat. I he, don't even think. No, he's... no, because he's got the most delegates. That's that's why I say that. The other the other two and um the the magical midget. What's his name? Ron Paul. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I did that. That's mean. He's probably a nice guy. Probably. I probably would get along with him. Like like I like. And uh, you could fit him in your pocket. Like I like Penn Jillette, but once he starts talking politics, yeah. I tune him out because. It doesn't fit. Like like yeah. Bill Maher. I like 99% of what Bill Maher says until he starts telling me what I should fucking eat. Yeah. It's like, all right, this is where we disagree. I will still appreciate you for whatever. I will watch your show while I eat a cheeseburger. Yeah. God, I'm now in the mood for a cheeseburger. <laughs> so susceptible to suggestion. You know what? I've been eating Skittles all week. Now I want is that Skittles. bad? 
Is that that is that insensitive? Do you remember there was a like while? every time I read an article about Trayvon, I I get Skittles. I don't know. That's maybe it's a conspiracy. I don't know. No, I, I mean, I mean that's people. not that that doesn't make me a douche, right? It just means I'm susceptible so. to the word Skittles, yeah. and I love eating Skittles. Do you have any Skittles here? No, I ate them all. <laughs> Do you remember for a while, a bunch of years ago, I was on this big peanut M&M's kick and I yes. had a big bag of peanut M&M's like every day for like three months. Yes. It was awesome. Sky cake. Following up on the, because uh, we got to stall a little bit while Scott finishes up his uh, segment there. Do, do, do. Who's uh, that angry bitch? Um, it's somebody that um, a bunch of people beat up for being goth. Because it's it goes on and on and on and on. Oh um, this is from Scotsman dot com, um, the Edinburgh Evening News kind of roundabout way to bring us here. This is from Tuesday, March twenty seventh. A gang of teenagers launched a terrifying, unprovoked attack on a mum after accusing her of being a goth. Um, Gina Willenberg has told how she was left with a broken nose, a cut, and badly swollen eye, yeah. and bruises all over her chest after being set upon by View Craig, in View Craig Gardens. I can't read that word there. Simply because of the way she looks. The Texan, who moved to Edinburgh last year, had gone to visit her sister-in-law with a friend when the gang of older teenagers began hurling vile abuse at them. They started shouting at me and my friend that we were fucking goths and they were going to kick our fucking heads in, she said. It was intimidating and I didn't understand it because I'm not a goth. My friend has blue hair, but it was still just foul abuse. I would love to like get me and like, I don't know, two or three other people my size and just do the whole goth thing makeup thing and just walk through the fucking parks <laughs> with fucking knuckle dusters and an aluminum baseball bat. You'd, you'd get arrested. Oh, no. Looking well, for trouble. Well, I'm, I'm anticipating. It's a stand your ground, right? Scotland yeah. has a stand your ground thing, right? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, as long as I, as long as somebody carries a glove and a baseball, the bat is warranted. Yeah. <laughs> out here in my full length leather coat, just yes. to play a little ball. That's how we do it. Yeah. <laughs> We're vampires. <laughs> um, it was intimidating, and I didn't understand it because I'm not a goth, uh, blue hair, yeah. We turned our back, and we just kept going, and that was when they attacked me. One of them tried to smash a bottle over the back of my head, but fortunately it didn't break. Oh, that, I don't know. worse. Yeah, I was going to say. Then they started punching and kicking me. I fell to the ground, and they just kept on kicking me. My friend tried to stop them from stamping on me, and they attacked her too. There was one girl in the group, and she pulled my hair back so one of her friends could kick me in the face. Those people just need to be um, chemically castrated with, I'm thinking acid. Yeah, that's good for me. Right on the front business. You like how I work that into every story? I'm doing a good job with that. Yeah, Yeah. Lighten this story up because this is fucking pissing me off. Uh, they said the attack only ended when her sister-in-law came out and started screaming at the gang. Police were called and Gina was taken to Edinburgh Royal Infirmary for treatment. She needed work to reset her nose and put stitches in her eye. Her friend who had a burst lip also needed stitches. The gang also stole Gina's mobile phone, which she stated was worth more than 300 pounds. 
She said that she had heard about trouble in the area previously, but had never been threatened or attacked. One time I got a taxi down there, and the driver refused to take us in because he said the kids were throwing rocks at the cars, which I was pretty shocked by, she said. The stay-at-home mother said she had not yet told her six-year-old son about what happened, simply saying she had been in an accident. Yeah, you don't need to right. do that Do that to your kid. Yeah, Six years old, you still need to be innocent. I'm completely shocked, she said. It's one of the worst things I've ever had to deal with in my life, and I just had no idea that people could be so cruel to complete strangers just because of the way they look. Local conservative counselor Cameron Rose said, I am appalled by this incident, and I feel very sorry for the young lady from Texas. I'm sure he said it nicer than how I did. (laughs) Over recent weeks, there has been an increased police presence in the area, which has helped in terms of young people who have been involved in criminal activity, but clearly it's an ongoing issue in the area. I would encourage anyone with any information to come forward. A police spokesman confirmed that they were investigating an assault which took place in View Creek Gardens, at around 8 p.m. on Friday and appealed for witnesses. I don't understand that. Like, based on how you look? Crazy. What man. is this? Like, like the 1800s? Are we going to start burning witches again? God, I hope so. But you could use that in the winter, I'm sure. <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, did you say witches? I thought you meant bitches. Oh. Just have a need, need for just... Angry people. <laughs> I got another one here. Okay. This page takes a, a while to load for some reason. Back to Tennessee. I'm going to turn these headphones up a little bit here. Tennessee Republicans introduced Bill. Hey, Bill. Hey, Bill. <laughs> Allowing students to express religious viewpoints in school. Now, it sounds worse than it really is, but then it's going to be all problematic, of course, you know. The geo- so, it huh. actually... That doesn't sound that bad. Let them express their views. Let everybody express their right. views. Right. Let the Christian and the atheist kids get up and say whatever they, you know, yeah. talk about it. Yeah. The GOP is still seeking to inject religion into schools across the country. Last week, the Tennessee Senate passed an anti-evolution bill that would allow students and teachers to bring religious theories into science class, which we reported on rather right. disdainfully. On Tuesday, the Tennessee House Education Committee passed the Religious Viewpoints Anti-Discrimination Act that would require school boards across the state, quote, to let select students voluntarily express their religious viewpoints, be they Christian, Jewish, Muslim, Wiccan, or atheist. You see, there's a hierarchy when you write that shit out. Christian obviously comes first, and then Jewish comes second because Jesus was Jewish. And Muslim, well, there's a lot of them. And then... Wiccans, because you got to throw one of those oddball ones in there and then atheists so we don't get sued. That's how it works, right? At football games, school assemblies, and graduation ceremonies. This bill is similar to a bill recently signed by the governor of Florida. The sponsor of the bill, GOP Representative Andy Holt, said the view is about religious freedom and the First Amendment, but he apparently didn't understand the kind of turmoil he is unleashing in Tennessee schools. Here's where I figure it would get a little sticky. The bill requires school boards to provide a method based on neutral criteria for the selection of student speakers at school events in graduate and graduation ceremonies. School systems would also uh, school systems would also must adopt. Yeah, I read that right. Huh. A policy regarding a limited public forum and voluntary student expression of religious viewpoints. 
only students in the highest two grade levels of the school and who are a student council officer, football team captain, top class officer, or other position of honor established by local schools based on neutral criteria would be eligible for the limited public forum. That's bullshit. It's freedom of speech. They can't limit it by all that other stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Actually, the whole thing is limiting freedom of speech. Yeah. And then they're just... Oh, we'll let these kids talk. Yeah, fuck that. Only the the president of the Christian Coalition chapter in the school is allowed to... Why are they wasting their time on this Because it's Tennessee. God forbid they do anything useful. In other words, not just anybody can express their religious views in school. School boards will decide who gets to bombard the school with prayers and religious viewpoints. With such a small percentage of students being qualified for selection, students of other non-Christian and non-religious views are less likely to be able to express themselves since Christianity is the dominant religion. Holt says that schools will be mandated to let Muslims and Wiccans express their views, but how will that come to pass if only Christians qualify or if the community expresses outrage towards school administrators for doing so? Republican Rep. Richard Montgomery has those exact concerns, and I need to yeah, scroll but, down. But, a but here's bit. the here's the thing. Like, yeah, okay. If you've got a kid, and like, how often have you got kids just getting up and speaking to a whole group of people? Okay, I mean, really, you've got you know a little pep rally Maybe three here or there. four times a right. year. You've got graduation. If that's part of a kid's speech, fine. Yeah. Okay. You know, it's it, it's freedom of speech. Right. All right. But, you know, at, at, at a football game, what are they going to say? Oh, you know, Darren has a few words that he'd like to say. And then go on about Jesus for 10 minutes. You know what, though? I think this directly relates to the other one. Yeah. Or even go on about bill. atheism for 10 minutes. Like, like whatever. It's in the normal course of a high school. You, why the fuck are they wasting their time on this stuff? Because, what's the unemployment because, rate in, what's in, in, in Tennessee? Actually, I think it's better to ask what's the employment rate in Tennessee. That's, well, same thing. It's no, like, no, I think it's easier uh, to say one number than the other. Um, let's see what uh, Richard Montgomery has to say. There is one thing we need to make clear. There is going to be some turmoil out there. As long as your religion is being spoken, everything's absolutely fine. But whenever it does, but whenever it does come to whether it be a Wiccan or a Muslim or whatever, a lot of our community is going to get up in arms that don't believe in that. You're going to have an uproar out of this world in a lot of communities because something's being talked about and speech is being made totally against 99% of what the community believes in. This guy gets it. Billy Idol gets it. Yeah, exactly. Basically, school districts are being put in an explosive situation. If they choose just Christian students to express religious views, they violate the religious liberty of Muslims and students of others' faith, or none at all. But if schools obey the mandate and choose Muslims and atheists to share their views, the predominantly Christian community will throw a temper tantrum, guaranteed, and put severe pressure on the schools to discriminate against those of other faiths but you know what? and suppress Here's the their thing. views. If it's 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 very simple because it's already laid out in the fucking constitution. Yeah, it's freedom of speech. If a kid I, gets up, if a kid gets up, and there's a reason for this kid to be making a speech, and they happen to talk about their religion or lack thereof or whatever, then you can't stop them. Right. It doesn't matter. Trying to do this shit and like sort of fucking what organize if, it and crystallize it is is 
asking for a headache. But what if that is exactly the point? What if this is one of the like like this guy, like this Richard Montgomery guy, right? He he understands. He's a Republican, so whatever, right? What if that is exactly the point? Like, look, you guys wanted this. We put this into action, and now just because you're getting results you don't want, you're going to cry about it. This is what you asked for. Yeah, but what look if at that's the narrow scope. What These is, are going to be the kids who are going to get to. You know? Great. I hope there's an atheist who's the captain of the football I'll tell team. you, if I was thinking if, if I was thinking and I was bold enough that uh, like I am now back then, yeah. I thought I would be I would be the captain of the football team, the captain of the debate right. team, the fucking um model UN valedictorian. I'd blow through sh- I'd take the easiest fucking courses and I would get the <laughs> highest grades. Because then I could go up there and go and give the speech at graduation and say, you know what? Don't worry about going to heaven or hell. Worry about being a good person. Yeah. Live the life you have in front of you. Don't be an asshole. And be happy. Exactly. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, was there anything else here? The property. Holt surely knows this. He's just trying to pass a bill under the guise of total religious freedom so that Christians can entrench their religious views in education. Told you it had to relate to that other one. Religion is a distraction in school. It creates controversy and causes division among students. This is why religion should not be allowed in school. Under the law, students already have the right to pray to themselves and create religious study groups. What Tennessee Republicans want to do is allow Christian students to preach to the school and force their views Upon others, it's not religious freedom; it's religious tyranny. I would love to see a school create some type of group that—that was weird—that is um, like a religious discussion group, where you're going to talk about all the different religions, how they relate, where they come from, what they're based off of. Oh, you think Jesus was fantastic because he did all that shit? Oh. Here's Horace. He did the same shit. Right. I just, um, I just, it's just a waste of time. How about Tennessee Republicans introduce a bill that you know encourages job creation or no, clean Republicans. air? Republicans or don't want to do anything under Obama because oh, then they'd have to the give him credit for helping. It's such fucking bullshit, isn't it? Religion. It is it's ridiculous, and it's I swear to God, you know to there hasn't been this much talk about religion in prior campaigns, and now it's everywhere. Yeah, it's ridiculous, and I think that's why I am just dude. You gotta read some of your fucking mail. No, I just gotta delete them. How many do I have? This will piss you off for sure. Four thousand four hundred and four. Just select all. Mark them as red. <laughs> I know that really bugs you, doesn't it? Oh my god, you have no idea. See, it's I, like I when think... George would use Excel to write like a fucking document. <laughs> oh my god, he would do that shit on purpose. Now, what I do hey, is I'm, I... write, I'm writing a memo. Uh, what cell do I put it in? <laughs> <laughs> what I do is I, I take mail like every two or three months, and um, I'll drop it into the other the other screen. And as I'm watching a movie, I'll just go through and I'll be and I'll and I'll type in Amazon, you know, order confirmation, and I'll take those and I'll just drop them into a mailbox. And then I type in Facebook, and anything with Facebook in it gets deleted. Mm-hmm. And that's 
two-thirds of my emails, pretty much. Twitter, so that kind of stuff. why don't you just go to Facebook and turn off the email notification thing? Well, because I might miss something. Because <laughs> I don't care. Honestly, I really don't. I don't care. I get a bunch of emails. The only one that pisses me off is on the phone because I can't do a select all and wipe them all out all at once. Yeah, I would like that. That's, that is, that. I would love that to be in the next update. Yeah. Because they made deleting pictures really easy, which is yeah. nice. Tap, 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 so. tap, 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 tap. Yeah, I would like to see a drag and pull, like select yeah. all kind of thing. But whatever, hey, I'm not going to complain about my foot. It goes to space. Exactly. Thank you, Lewis. <laughs> it's a fucking miracle, and it's wasted on the oh. worst people. <laughs> we are the worst generation. Oh, you know, I'm going to, no, never mind. It, it, it just won't work. I, I, you have to see what I'm talking about. Yeah. I'm going to talk about this. Um, oh, we have a new, not a new intro, but I, I, I changed out some sound clips. Right. So on the break, I'll play it for you so okay. you can hear it, uh, which we might as well fucking do now do a break. and uh, get Scott's uh, voicemail ready to go. Yeah. And I got to read email coming up. Yeah. Be right back. by force and mr chris to tell you a little bit about outside the cinema all right reverend scott take us to church uh what can we expect to find from a typical show two hours of just random blabber (laughs) uh is there anyone's coattails you wrote in on to popularity i'm the guy that fucking burns the coattails and then pisses on them you review all these exploitation horror comedy cult and often all-around terrible movies you must have a strong driving force that keeps you going. Ego. <laughs> I don't know if I've heard you say that before. Uh, yeah, I've been saying that for a while. Really? I have been saying that for a while. Also, I'm high on smack. Well, it's definitely working for you guys. <laughs> People are coming out in droves to support you on iTunes. We just the other day got a, a, a one-star review on iTunes. Well, that is one That is one star too many. <laughs> Let me tell you. The worst fucking piece of shit I've ever heard. This has been great, guys. Thanks, Scott. Ah. That was good. Oh, he's got you crying over there. Uh, I'm good for the rest of the year. Nice. That was too much. If you're enjoying this podcast, perhaps you'd be interested in GleeCast. You watch your tone, young lady. Hey, we're not forcing you to download the Internet's best or at least most booze-filled podcast about Glee. You want to be me. 
Who doesn't, Sue? But we know we can't be. Instead, Erica and Emily... Uh, Emily and Erica. Who am I? I just don't know anymore. I'd love to stay in chat, but I got a satellite interview. Sorry, we get off topic a lot. The point is, listen to GleeCast following every new episode of Glee. Plus, our sporadic bonus content on some of the greatest bad cinema that incorporates musical theater or sweet dance moves. I'm going to ask you to smell your armpits. The right or the left? That's the smell of failure. Failure smells like dove. Mine has a pleasant lady speed stick scent. Kind of makes me think of candy canes. Your resentment is delicious. Visit gleecast.podomatic.com or search for us in the iTunes store. That's gleecast with a K, part of the palaver.com family. That's P-A-L-A-V-R.com. Boy, the only thing missing from this place is a couple dozen bodies limed and rotting in shallow graves under the floorboards. We're working on that. We got some email, kids. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna read because we gotta. We, Scott's f- toiling away on the internet machine trying to get yeah, his feedback to yeah. us because we surprised him. Surprise! Yeah, we're doing it a day early again. All right. So this is from. That's from Angie. I think Angie. Yeah, strength and self destruction. Um, meant to write this sooner, but. Being busy abounds. Get ready for the entire podcast to be brought crashing down. All right. Wow, that's a good start. <laughs> Thanks for the warning. I believe you wanted to know what causes some smart, strong people to remain in self-destructive situations. Yes. Being an independent woman who is just getting out of a parasitic marriage, I can weigh in on this from a very personal perspective. The reasons I got into this marriage I will not get into at this time, but the reasons I stayed had a lot to do with my upbringing and societal norms. Women are expected to, quote, stand by their man no matter what, especially after marriage. My ex had this attitude in regards to me even though he lived mainly for himself. Hmm. He's an only child as well as a fatherless child who was doted on by his mother and grandmother his entire life. So he wanted for he wanted for nothing and essentially grew into a 43-year-old spoiled brat. Ugh. For the record, I am not married, or nor have I ever been married to Angie. Um, I gave everything and just took, and he just took without giving back. Well, he did not beat me. He did blow through a savings account, money from the sale of a house, and pressured me into Ooh. spending my money because we were married. And he would, quote, pay me back uh, in the way of helping me pay back credit, much which I racked up so we could survive. He was also extremely passive-aggressive in the way he would react when I tried to talk about issues in our relationship, from finances to the fact that I was not happy with the way I was being treated. I was becoming less of a wife and more of a mother to him. Eventually, I just gave up. Because that's what he was used to. Right. Yeah. I was becoming less of a wife and more of a mother. Eventually, I just gave up, surrendered myself to my fate, including giving up on my belly dance career, which he did not approve of eventually because the attention was not on him. Then two life-changing events happened. A belly dance friend of mine 
uh, took her own destructive marriage. Marriage. Hold on. Uh, a belly dance friend of mine at her own destructive marriage stepped in front of a commuter train. Ooh. She was so afraid of asking for a divorce that she instead took her own life. The belly wow. dance community was in absolute shock over there over it, and I even took half a day at work when I found out. The more my marriage, my own marriage went on, the more I saw myself stepping in front of that train. We're falling more and more into debt. My husband just would not stop spending money no matter how much I begged him to stop, which often included with which often concluded with him yelling at me about why I was worrying so much and that I would stop surrendering, I would stop spending so much money on costuming. He kept spending money on cigarettes and colognes. I was trying to forward my dance career. Cologne? I guess. Well, don't smoke. You don't need cologne. Right. Problem solved. Well, one problem. Exactly. I'm trying to inject a little bit of humor into this. The second event was a belly dance gig for a podcast in Peoria. I was actually going to make this gig my last belly dance performance. I was done fighting with my husband, but I was committed to this gig, and I'm a professional. I spent the weekend out of town and away from my husband, making new friends and contacts. The gig came and went with a very positive response, and the podcast I danced for wanted me to come back. <sighs> I knew that I couldn't throw this part of my life away. I lay alone in bed that night after my performance, reevaluating my life. It was one of the first times I was able to be one with my thoughts and just let them talk to me. Two weeks later, I asked for divorce and did not back down when my ex started ranting and screaming at me about how I ruined his life. If anything, I molded him into a better person, finishing school, moving out from his mother's house, selling an unrepairable house, encouraging him to be more sociable, etc. His life was at a standstill before he met me, and I gave him everything with nothing in return. It was time to break the cycle for both of us. My own personal belief is that people in situations such as mine stay... Uh, stay such as mine stay in due to a fear of failure and abandoning the union with a marriage failure statistic of 50% I was determined not to let my not to become another number especially when my little brother's marriage failed not long before mine hmm. however I was never truly in a real marriage sure it was a marriage by legal standards but everything was one side and that side belonged to my ex I didn't even have much of a say in the wedding since he wanted to, this posh goth affair and I just went along with it this included me cashing in a 401k to pay for it all and him contributing almost nothing towards it financially. Three months in, I realized the mistake I made. Instead of making a run for the door, I stayed. I was determined to make it work, even though I had fallen out of love with him. It did not help that every time I suggested we take a break from each other in an attempt to save the marriage, he would throw a fit and threaten to drop out of school. <laughs> my friends told me to let him, but I refused to let that hang over my head the chance that he did. Right. In a sense, my ex used school as a way to control me. I kept lying to myself about the situation, thought that maybe, just maybe, I would love him again. It took me almost three years to realize this was not the case. Still, I place a lot of blame on myself for all this. When we got together, I was a very weak person, and he was there to pick up the pieces. In the beginning, my friends thought he was great. I was so shattered from a soul-destroying breakup that I thought there was something wrong with me and just plugged away. I blame myself for not getting rid of him when I... Felt I should. I blame myself for letting him access our funds the way I did. I blame myself for letting him blow through money. I blame myself for letting him rack up my credit card debt that now I alone have to pay. Mm. It's going to take me years to financially fix what it took him only five years to destroy, and I'm going to be doing it alone. I've had to change my way of living so much it has gotten to the point that my pets eat better than me. Still, I'm a survivor, and I'll get through this. One thing sustainability teaches you is how to live on cheap and I've been using that part of my education. That's good, I guess. 
I continued to beat myself up over this relationship and what it has done to me fiscally. For a while, I spent many nights crying in bed trying to figure out how to let my, how I let myself get into this place and how I'm going to get out of it. I feel stupid and weak, even though I know that at the end of the day, I am not. My parents raised me to be a generous person, and that was taken advantage of. I'm fortunate, however, to have a very strong group of friends and loved ones who have been my rocks and support throughout uh, through all of this. My parents are praying for the divorce. Uh, are paying for the divorce. A lawyer friend of mine is helping me with all the paperwork. That's good. My friends have been doing all they can to get me a, out of the house and my mind off all this as much as they can. And I have a very loving and supportive man in my life, who I can truly call my best friend and partner, who coincidentally owns the bed I. I made my ultimate decision to take back my life and do so without fear. Overall, despite my financial situation, I feel more alive than I have in five years, and I do not regret kicking my ex out of my life. I have a lot of work ahead of me to get my money stable, but I'll be doing it without the interference of someone who has no idea what he is doing. Hmm. I feel I have my life back in some form of order, and I'm enjoying a sense of freedom that I've been missing for so long. Wow. Yeah. That's quite a tale. Well, good. Good for standing up for yourself and yeah, getting out of that. It it takes a special kind of person to do that, doesn't Most it? Most definitely. I mean, I went back to um, a self-destructive relationship, but it was it was dating. You know, it's like, oh, well, we, we really don't have all that much in common. Uh, we fuck, and she fucks other people, and I don't. Yet I, I dated her three separate times because, oh, it'll be different this time. No. No, it never is. And it took me to that third time to yeah. realize, oh, wait, no, shit is never, ever going to change. So I need to get back at her. See, I've been lucky in that way. I've never had anybody that crazy. I, just, or... I want to point out, I did not cheat on her because it wouldn't have done any good. Right. What I did was I made her waste a lot of money. Oh, okay. Because that shit's funny. <laughs> it was Valentine's Day. Maybe I might have told this before. Um, she rented a hotel room in Boston uh, yeah. and a limo and got all dressed up and I just went and hung out at my friend's house. Yeah. A girl friend. <laughs> that, there was, that was truly right. a just a friend that was a girl. And um, she showed up. She found me. And, you know, you get that flutter, like, oh, here comes the here's the confrontation that yeah. I have not been looking forward to all night. And uh, she made it easy. She's like, if you don't want to date me anymore, just say you don't want to date me. And it reminds me of that scene in The Simpsons where Bart's going through frame by frame, and he's like, you can see exactly where Ralph's heart breaks. Yeah. Right <laughs> there. Because she thought I was just this lap dog that would just come whenever she called because, yeah. you know, she'd spread her legs and give me access to the front business. <laughs> There we go again. I'm doing all right with that. Um, But eventually it was, uh, I am a better person than you because I've had opportunities. Cousin's wedding in California, friend's friend that was, um, but I never did. I have have never cheated on anybody I've dated. And that's like the one thing I can say. That's my moral victory. Because uh, I've done drugs and you know, yeah. stupid shit like that. Um, I accidentally hit a girl once. <laughs> she grabbed the wheel because she thought I was going to run over a squirrel. And I went to push her arm and my yeah. hand slid off and hit her in the side of the face. 
We were going to die. I think that's acceptable, right? Oh, yeah, most definitely. Um, I still feel bad about that. It was just surprising but, when the car door opened and she wasn't wearing a seatbelt and she just <laughs> fluttered out the door. Well, and we were on a bridge. Right. Um, but no, she said to the, 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 girl, the girl said to me, uh, no, I didn't drive the whole car into the river. Oh, okay. Um, she said, if you don't want to date me anymore, just tell me you don't, want to, you don't want to go out with me. I'm like, I don't want to go out with you anymore. And honestly, I think if my friend hadn't have been there... With me, that wouldn't have happened. Yeah. But every relationship that I was in, because really, they're all shitty <laughs> in one way or another, because otherwise you'd still be with them, right? right? Um, led me to where I am now. And Ellen and I had a conversation the other day about, you know, oh, well, if I had to finish school or if we had, you know, jobs that paid better, or yeah. if we had pursued design careers, you know, as aggressively as we should have. I said, you know what, then um, we might never have had kids. Yeah. So look in the other room. Watch them watching Batman yeah. and singing a song that Aquaman is singing and realize that th- this is exactly where we're supposed to be. Okay, the girls know Aquaman is shit, right? Not on ba- Brave and the Bold. Yes, he is. No. No, honestly, Aquaman no. Aquaman is the biggest fucking joke. But on Brave and the Bold, he's voiced by the guy that does Bender, uh, John DiMaggio. Yeah. And he he is like super cheesy, and it's really funny. He's Seriously? Seriously. He is the second greatest character on that show. And sounds like a soap opera. And I would, I would be, uh, you know, but Nova, Nova loves Black Canary. This like obscure, really. She's obscure, you know, in the mainstream. Um, but she's got blonde hair, and you know, she sings, and she loves. There's an episode, uh, Mayhem of the Music Meister. Neil Patrick Harris sings the songs, and. They all they all sing because his thing is a music meister controls people through hypnosis yeah. when he sings, so like everybody sings. So that's what they listen to when they go to bed. And there's a song that Black Canary sings um, called "If If Only He Would Love Me," and she Canary's singing it about Batman, but then Green Arrow sings it about her because in the comics Green Arrow and Black Canary kind of have a thing. Uh, which is kind of exciting for me because there's a show coming out called Arrow mm-hmm. about Green Arrow yeah. and Black Canary is going to be in it. So cool. if it's Smallville style, maybe they could watch a little bit of it. Because I'll tell you what I, what I showed. I, I got the Alien I should, last week, uh, the Alien yeah. Blu-ray set. And Ripley is fascinated with, with Ripley. Yeah. And I know that sentence makes sense to you. Right. Hopefully it does to everybody else. So I showed him a little of it. You know, it's like... um. I showed uh, the aliens because we've seen the guys in right. suits. They've seen them with the with the the heads off, showing regular human heads and stuff. So we showed them. I showed them the Marines going in and getting attacked because it's all right. they. I think they have a really good sense of this is fake. Yeah, this is all people yeah, acting, uh, even though they're four. And I'm showing them aliens, which is uh, I should have learned my lesson when my brother was eight and I took him to see the movie and he had <laughs> nightmares. So then we skipped ahead to Newt because Nova really identifies with Newt because blonde hair, right? Young girl, doll. Um, and I showed him the scene where the alien comes out of the water behind her. It's because that's a great scene, the way yeah. the tail curls up and there's the sparks in the back while Ripley's yelling and yeah. everything. 
Um, they'd already seen the scene, and there was only one swear in all of these scenes that I showed them, yeah. which I found really interesting. And it's so <laughs> quick, it just goes right yeah. by. And then um, we skipped ahead because they watched. They watched. Um, let me just see what Scott has to say. Uh, okay, he's sending that soon. Um, the one scene, the, the the part where she goes and rescues Newt, and the Queen is introduced, and the Queen chases him back. And that's that. The, that was the first thing, and they reenacted the rescue scene <laughs> for like five days straight. So then I showed them what ultimately happens to the queen. So from landing the dropship inside the Sulaco to the queen coming down, and this was this was a, a smaller version of watching the kids with the "I'm your father." Yeah, because the t- she's talking to Bishop, right? everything's fine and the tail comes through his chest and he spits the liquid out his mouth and and they're both standing next to me and not phased yeah and i'm like you know what that's it's like i said i said what they what he did there was he just had a mouthful of something that looks like milk and yeah. when the fake tail came through his chest he just spit it out and they're like oh okay the queen lifts him up yeah rips him in half and both of them went whoa <laughs> And I'm like, I, I said, you know what that was? I said that was a that was a that was a dummy, like a scarecrow that yeah. they just pulled in two directions. And I said, then they put a little bit of fiddly bits on him to make him look like a robot because he's a <laughs> robot because he's not human, which is kind of yeah. good. So we talked about that a little bit. But then the queen starts chasing Newt. Ripley comes out in the power loader, and it was just awesome. Yeah. Up to that point, Nova started getting a little bored with it. <laughs> um she I said, "Don't you want to see what happens to the queen? How who wins the fight?" And um Ripley was like totally into it yeah. cuz she's watching her namesake right. beat the shit out of a fucking <laughs> alien the size of a house. And yeah, it was almost a little too much for Nova. I, I was gauging based off of her. She was yeah. like right on the edge where it's like, "Okay, this fight is kind of intense and it's Right. Not a single fucking nightmare a week later. (laughs) Unbelievable. They're going to be ready for horror movies when they're 10 years old. Oh, yeah. Hey, did you see the Harry (laughs) Potter box set? 31 discs. 350 bucks. Yeah. Trying to figure out how to get that for my wife for Christmas. I know. I'm trying to figure out how to get that for my wife for Christmas, too. Yep. I'm thinking of putting it on Amazon right now, and then it'll get the lowest price. Yeah. Because I can always cancel it two days before it comes out. Yeah. I don't know. Um, so the girls, yeah, they had um, they had uh, nail polish on because yeah. they had been using markers on their fingers, and then they would draw on their faces, um, which isn't cool. <laughs> so one day when my wife was out, I took a couple pictures. They had, they had done a little bit on their lips. They had drawn on their arms and done their nails. And so I'm like, all right, and it's a marker with like a paintbrush tip. Yeah, I'm like, all right, come here. I'm gonna paint on your face. So I did that Mexican sugar skull. Type okay. where where the mouth comes out and it's like stitches yeah. on the sides and it's kind of flowery around the eyes and I just did a quick outline and a spider web kind of V shape on the head and I took a couple pictures and I showed them and I'm like and then I showed them real pictures of like what the real actual makeup looks like I'm like if we get some face paint we could do this and they're like oh that's fantastic <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that'd be great. So they love, you know, that they that their fingernails are so, done and their toes yeah. are done. Yeah, they were very funny tonight. I don't, I don't think that I, I don't know. It's I don't see a problem with that. That's, no, I don't think that's four. too young or God, whatever. No, 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 it's fine. I don't know. So I mean, they still love Queen Amidala with the lip and the yeah. little 
part there. Yeah. The, the scar of remembrance. <laughs> but, yeah, so let's get back to that. All and right. You read one of those and I have a voicemail here. I just had to, I just had to follow up on the uh, showing kids horror movies shit. Yeah. Because I think that if you talk to them about it, it's not that well, big a deal. Yeah, I mean, I pulled out the Stan Winston book when I showed him the alien. And I'm like, look, it's a guy. They they sculpted this. They painted yeah. it. I said, and it's acting. And they're fascinated with acting. They, you know, obviously imaginations and acting stuff out all the time. They act like they're Batman and Catwoman and Poison Ivy. And a few years, we'll get them in the film school. Yeah? Oh, my God. <laughs> this one is from... Um, Rich. All right. It's called Hope for Paul. Okay. Hi, guys. Great show this uh, last time around. Glad Frank was back, and I like the discussion. Hearing how you guys are going through these issues with your kids make me feel like I may be qualified. Might even spawn myself one day if I find the right girl. Hmm. All right. That's good. Finding the right girl is important. It is. Because you need two people in on this. Yeah. Uh, don't be averse to going off on these topics for a while. I just think many listeners like myself, um, uh, myself, it's like commiserating with friends. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I know you guys aren't the biggest Ron Paul fans. Um, <laughs> I like him, you know, a little. <laughs> anyway, I did notice a mistake in your last podcast, though, I wanted to point out regarding delegate count. Right now, okay. the numbers seem to favor Romney, but most people don't understand the delegate process. Some states, it's a winner-take-all and winner-take-all set up, and those states are set. However, for the majority of states out there, the process is, isn't so simple. The major vote covered by the media is more of a straw poll, while the delegate selection process goes on for months afterwards. Oh, okay. State and county-level delegates are selected, and then they have a state convention. From there, determined delegates for the national convention Paul is actually concentrating on those states where his um, ground game has always been to count on his, gen his generally more enthusiastic supporters to stay the course and keep pushing for him long after the straw poll event is over. Okay. Iowa is an example of such a state where Paul may walk away with the majority of delegates, even though, as I recall, he didn't win the vote. The truth is right now, except for mm -hmm. the states like Florida where delegates are bound to the winner, no one truly knows how many delegates each candidate will show up to the RNC with. Republican okay. National Convention. Okay, I'm sure it's uh, I'm sure it's a sure thing. Paul is trailing Romney, but the trailing candidates always tend to go for a broken convention. And if Santorum drops out and Paul's strategy pays off, he could come out of this as the nominee, or at least get some of his platform onto the national platform. I don't know about you guys, but these are some bits of his platform I'd like to see in the national debate for once. One. All right, let's see. And the drug war and stop destroying the lives of young people, mostly poor blacks with criminal convictions for nonviolent offenses. Yep, I would agree with that. Stop the foreign wars and recall our troops. We need to stop incinerating people in the Middle East on a regular basis. <laughs> uh, I agree. We should do it more sporadically. Now, um, <laughs> Surprise, fucker! <laughs> <laughs> hey, by the uh, way, that asshole that shot up like innocent yeah. people, yeah. Um, if he's convicted, he will be put to death. Okay, I'm good with that. Yeah. There are a lot of pissed off people in that part of the world. The grievances with the U.S. are often valid. Yeah, if we leave, shit will get better. Yeah. Whatever your opinion of, the, of monetary policy is, auditing the Fed is long overdue if only for stopping these bailouts that come at our expense. Uh, you may be surprised to read this, but a true conservative, old right types like me, these days would be better off voting Democrat than Republican. 
Uh, at least Democrats are honest and say that they want to make uh, they want to take our money and spend it. Republicans have to toe the line of free market rhetoric, yeah. if not reality, so that they can claim all the shit the government does can be done without tax increases, which basically means relying on debt and inflation. I honestly think after this election cycle, we're going to see a fundamental shift in the Republican Party back to where they should be, which is just right of center. Yeah. I personally think if we paid for all our government services out of the current tax intake, people would see the true cost of what they're asking for and more readily trim it. In the event, in any event, direct taxation is the least destructive way a government can get money from people. Debt and inflation are the most destructive, and while it's a method favored by both parties, it's the Republicans who want to go whole hog down that route. Mm-hmm. Obama's debt run-up is as much a result of the Democrat spending as it is Republican opposition to raising taxes to pay for it. Not that I agree with what Obama wants to do, but at least I'd be it'd be fucking paid for if yeah. they raise taxes. Yeah. In I any get, event, yeah. I'm not planning on voting anymore. If it's a choice between Romney and Obama, that it's not a choice <laughs> because neither will do a thing to upset the current system. Both will just keep talking, taking shit from the poor and middle class to give to the rich. To paraphrase George Carlin, if you're going to jerk off. If I'm going to jerk off, I'd prefer to do it at home and have something to show for it when I'm done. It's a race between Obama and Romney. I hope Obama wins, if only because I think he's slightly less likely to start World War III in my <laughs> lifetime, but only slightly. <laughs> then definitely Gingrich should not get it. He and just... if by some chance Gingrich oh, no, really? Obama the nominee, I may move to Canada. Gingrich, I'm slightly less appalled by. The guy does know does know a shitload about history. Thing is, he thinks bombing everyone is the answer to everything. Likely because <laughs> that's, that's exactly what, history, what I was going to say. Yeah, that's what history is largely about: wars. I think he needs yeah. to consider that there may be an alternative approach. Satorum is just bat fuck crazy. I have no clue how someone like him gets elected on any level, much less national. That he even has a chance to become president is scary. Best while is always rich. See that 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 makes a lot of sense. <laughs> I can't argue with that because that's kind of how I think. Except for the I will vote for Obama part. I will because I will. Yeah. So I will. Fair enough. All right. Here's another one from Rich. Hi guys. Meant to stick this in the last email. I'm mostly with Chris when it comes to not caring about people's reactions to changes in movies made from their favorite childhood cartoons, but I'm more forgiving. I think. For some of these people, these stories are a big part of their childhoods, and to see them change, it often changes for no real reason, hurts them, almost like a girlfriend cheating on you. It's a reaction that says, why'd you have to go and do that when things were going so good? Kicks you right in the front business. I know. I had a similar reaction to the first sci-fi <laughs> translation of Doom by Frank Herbert. The odd costumes and obviously bad acting throughout annoyed the living shit out of me. At least David Lynch's version had great cinematography and production design, despite the fact that it made no sense unless you had already read the book. Yeah, that was my father's biggest problem, was because uh, he had read all of them before we went to see it. I didn't know jack shit about it, and really, honestly, to me, it looked like uh, drink this stuff and then you can make it rain on the desert planet. <laughs> but from what I understand, because I still, I still can't get past the first chapter of the second Dune book, um, the sci-fi story part of it was... Very close to the book, but kind of the look of the movie is how it should have been. So it was a weird mix. Yeah, I can I can definitely see where he's coming from. Me personally, I just get curious as to why some changes 
are made when there seems no point. I can understand the point yeah. of not having Han shoot first, even if I disagree. It doesn't bother me. There are some changes, though, that leave me wondering. One example is an empire after Luke drops off the tower and Vader is walking back to his ship. The original- I want to point out that it's 1138 at night right now. Okay. And we're talking about Star Wars. Dun, dun, dun. That's funny. Don't mistake coincidence for fame. No, I didn't say it. I said it was funny. <laughs> the original dialogue was, bring my shuttle, and he sounded yeah. pissed. Yeah. The change was him saying, prepare my shuttle for my arrival. And apparently... Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. It's, it's even worse than that. It's, alert my Star Destroyer to prepare for my arrival. And it's like, really? You change the dialogue just to insert that one scene of it landing that's clearly a, a, a secondary take from Return of the Jedi because the same fucker standing there? Talking to him? In the original, that was, I believe, the first moment you saw Vader crack and not be his cold badass, but showed emotional reaction to what just happened. Yeah. Change makes no sense to me, and he seems to take away from the overall story and character of Vader. I was wondering if either of you knew why they made this particular change. If so, let me know. Yours, Rich. It almost seems like it was was an unnecessary um, storytelling addition, like, like the Jabba scene in A New Hope. It's like, okay, great, we have a Jabba scene, so what? We can test out CG stuff, throw Boba Fett in there. But that's all the same shit Greedo just said. Yeah. I mean, I knew when he said, bring my shuttle. He's going back to his giant fucking Star Destroyer. In in the 20 years between movies, releases, did we get stupid? Did we forget that he has a Super Star Destroyer? Yeah, I don't know. And the other thing... (laughs) And then I'll stop. Not another. Han shooting Greedo first, I think, doesn't matter as much as what happened in Empire. Okay? They're walking through Cloud City. Everybody's happy. Chewie's looking around all suspicious because he smells stormtroopers, right? The doors open on that on that buffet table type room. Yeah. Vader's at the end of the table. He stands up and Han doesn't even go. He doesn't even say, what the fuck? He just fires three times at him. Han's still a badass. I totally agree. Because that is the bravest thing that fucker ever did. And the look on his face when that gun gets yanked out of his hand is priceless. You know what's great? In the in the comic book version of that scene, yeah. it is, it, the way it, the little descriptions are written, yeah. it's great. It's just, you know, you know, never, I, I, it's something like never before or since had, you know, he drawn his gun so fast or something like uh, that. Yeah, but it's yeah, really yeah. like, it's wonderfully written. I think you have that the little novelization. Probably, it's probably. I saw it on somewhere. your shelf at some uh, point, but it's great. It's it's really good. But yeah, it's it's one of those things where it's like you get to see how badass both of them are, because Han shoots him without even think. Oh, bad guy, kill right, yeah. and Vader stops the bolts with his hand, and then uses the same hand to grab the gun. Yeah. That's one of my favorite scenes. I mean, because then Fett just slides in yeah. with the with the jangling of the spurs. Ah, they use a chicken for Boba Fett. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I like the second and third one a lot more than the first Family Guy one. You know what? There was an episode of Family Guy recently where they're talking to um oh fuck I can't remember who and um. It's like a, almost like a stoner dude. It's the one that they use as um, 
Oh, fuck. Like the store clerk guy? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's the guy who, uh, yeah, he's in the store. Yeah. The convenience store. And they used him as, uh, they put him in one of the Star Wars ones. I don't know. But he makes a reference just like, hey, thanks for putting me in Empire. (laughs) It's pretty funny. That show's getting really self-referential, isn't it? Um, all right, another wait, wait. Now. You have one more there. Let me do this voicemail. I think this oh, okay. is from this week. Hey, AYS, Dustin. Oh, uh, yeah. I promised that I'd actually send something uh, a, a little more uh, substantial, something you know that gives a serious take on current issues. And I'll get around to doing that a little later, rather than just you know trying to trick Frank into saying something horrible or doing a tasteless impression of Andrew Breitbart dying. But I do have something <laughs> that, was that a good I wanted one. to add to the debate about getting angry about, you know, pop culture, you know, how the one you were having about talking about Star Wars and Lost and all that. I actually have one, but you need to shut it off fast if uh, Frank hasn't gotten to the end of Battlestar Galactica. Have you? Oh, <laughs> shit. No, I haven't. You know, the most uh, hold on, hold justified, on. you know, by Chris's logic, the most justified you would have. I'm not listening. Okay. Uh, uh, oh, okay, you're not? All right. <sighs> I'll shut the audio off here. Um, I may have to start it over. And being okay. angry because it's a huge, um, what they did was a huge, mis- a literal huge mistake. And I'll, I'll tell you why. Okay, so again, Frank, if you haven't gotten to the end of BSG yet, no, he's uh, not listening now. Save this for later. Okay, the ending is Hera, the human Cylon hybrid. Um, they get to Earth, and she becomes a mitochondrial. I don't know why. And the colonials decide to discard their technology, and live among the primitive humans of Earth and give them their art, their culture, language. And it turns out the story takes place 150,000 years ago, and it's a big deal that Hera is mitochondrial Eve, the most recent common ancestor of all mankind. Well, the problem is, I think that I had a problem with that ending because once you tie it in with something real and try to scientifically explain it, the next natural step is to see how much more it ties into history, okay. uh, which is also a... <laughs> This kind of reminds me of my story I shared about Raiders of the Lost Ark leading to my deconversion because I, when I was a kid, because when I saw that movie for the first time, I wanted to check and see how many of the facts it shared were in the Bible. And looking, uh, he's opening the book of Exodus, I'm, pre- I'm prepared, and all the stories about you know, genocide, they just traumatized me, and that kind of set, uh, <laughs> set me on the path for an eventual deconversion. But anyway, so, okay, he tied it into his historical mitochondrial Eve. Okay, so if I look at, into what Mitochondrial Eve was and all the things they said um, that I just said that they said in the show, okay, first of all, Mitochondrial Eve isn't that big a deal. Uh, from what I understand, uh, most people have bloodlines for most women who lived in that time. Mitochondrial Eve is just, um, everybody on, on Earth today has her blood, bloodline. It's not, not the same thing as the most recent common ancestor. I'm not a biologist, but you know, that, that I'm reasonably sure about that. But basically, she's nothing special. Even the, bio, the scientist who named her said, we, I wish we, ha- we wish we hadn't used the name Eve because that makes her out to be a bigger deal than what she was. Hmm. So uh, by tying in her and the mitochondrial Eve, you do the research and find out she wasn't that special. And then, you know, you see uh, Apollo's line about, well, we give them um, our art or our culture and we'll settle all over the world. Okay, it was 150,000 years ago. We didn't develop language until about 40,000 years ago, and we didn't start migrating out of Africa until, you know, a few tens of thousands of years before that. Basically, what the ending is saying is that all these colonies died out really quickly. They didn't give us anything, 
and so they all died. Uh, they all died the usual, the, the nasty death of our ancestors, uh, um, going from ha- having uh, vaccines and uh, uh, antibiotics and everything that you know extends us from what our natural lifespan was about thirty or forty. And you know, uh, I mean, only as well just took a dive off the cliff and basically off themselves. Um, they died off really quick, and there those two smug ass angels were left there in Times Square, kind of <laughs> joking about, um, you know, joking about whether or not human uh, this current iteration of humanity will wipe itself out too. And you're just, you know, uh, you're left with um, the implication that the God and BSG, whether it doesn't like to be called that or not, is as much of an asshole as the God in, in the comic Preacher, which is a great comic. I think, you know, especially Chris would love that comic. So that's, you know, one thing that kind of, that's the thing that makes me angry is that they, without, you know, they try to give us an, an ending that gives us hope, but the facts that they use you know, to, to make it a happy and hopeful ending actually say, no, they all died out, died out and really died for nothing. And so that's, you know, just because... Uh, mitochondrial Eve might have lived about um, the most recent common ancestor, which is what they mistook mitochondrial Eve for. She could have lived about 40,000 years ago, uh, based on what scientists think. And, and that would have been around the time of the Great Leap Forward when we finally started developing language and mm-hmm. agriculture. Well, I don't know if agriculture, but we started developing a lot more. You know, we just took a Great Leap Forward. And that would have worked in you know, tying it into the arrival of the colonial earth. So again, you know, that's, um, you know, that's, what I think is an example of something that that's by Christmas love. That's the thing worth most getting most angry about because they meant to do, say one thing, and but because they couldn't be bothered to do the research, they said the other. And by tying it into and, and you know, if you say, oh, well, you don't have to. It's just don't worry about science. It's just a TV show. Well, they tied in. They tied it into a natural scientific event. So you know, if you uh, you can just extrapolate further from that event. You know, you were led, led the delusion of this unhappy ending. So that's one thing. I, but again, I didn't get into a rage about it. I just kind of went, huh. Oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> Everything else was good up, up until then. So, yep. Okay. I actually so, forgot uh, about that. Yeah, I think that's, that about does me for this week. I wanted to say, oh, <laughs> oh yeah, what I was going to say was about the women with abusive relationships. I think uh, what, it, what, it's, um, what I've heard said is that this is the clinical uh, definition. What traumatizes us as kids arouses us, and uh, you, you know, or, or stim- <laughs> as adults. So you know, less along and short of it. So. Okay, so <laughs> you know, I don't think anybody. Well, I can't speak uh, uh, completely. You know, I, I can't speak for every single case, but I don't think anybody who came from a really well-adjusted, happy home ever um, settled into an abusive relationship. You know, because I don't even think, you know, that many times, uh, well, just a person will just get into a relationship. That person, you know, with an abuser, the person gives them one smack and they leave because these abusers, they're just like pounds. They can you know, just sniff out potential victims. They wouldn't, hmm. yeah, I don't know how they do it, but they do it, you know, so. Okay, well, that about does it for me. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Okay, I want to give it like a couple of seconds of silence here because I'm going to respond to the stuff he said. Okay. But I can't say that now because that will okay. ruin the last episode for you. Okay. So uh, hold on. I'll just mute us here for a second. Okay. So it's the next day. Um, <laughs> it's Thursday. Frank's not here, so I can actually uh, respond to your uh, 
Oops. <laughs> Sorry, I'm transferring files to try and get the show ready. Um, about the mitochondrial Eve aspect of the end of uh, Battlestar Galactica, I took that in a couple different directions. Um, <clears throat> see, they had um, the 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 song all along the Watchtower. That was already it was already a thing. So in my head, from the time that song was introduced, I had assumed that. Of course, somebody's going to call it while I'm talking. Hold on. I had assumed that with the the saying of this happened before, it'll happen again, and all of that, that this was not the earth that we live on, that uh, this this was years and years and years in the future, thousands of years possibly in the future, and it's not even the earth that we're on now at this point. I I still believe that the burnt out world that they found um was Earth. Even though the planet looks the same. I don't know. There's just there's just so many different different ways to look at it. I mean there is the literal um straight timeline. This is these are the events that happened, but then there's stuff in there that says that time is cyclical, events may repeat themselves, so <clears throat> what you what you say makes total sense about how it's it's not you know scientifically accurate but maybe on that planet that version of earth that version of times square and science and evolution that happened there maybe that is how it actually happened i don't know i um i saw the end of the series more symbolically than than literal um, and I honestly, I watched it. I was sad that it was over <laughs> and then I didn't think about it too much. And, uh, it might sound like kind of a cop out, but I remember reading everybody online being all pissed off about how bad the ending was. And I kind of, I kind of enjoyed it. It went exactly where I thought it was going to go. You know, you had all these different races of, of colonists left over from, um, the original run from the 12 colonies so it makes sense, um, just in a, on a cursory level, <coughs> that that they would be the, you know, the that they would bring the diversity of humanity to the planet again. Maybe I don't know, but anyway, um, I could I could talk about Battlestar for hours and hours and hours, and this show's already going to be long enough. So maybe one day Frank will finish out that season. All right, back to the normal part of the show. All right. Yeah, I, I can say... Um, I'm on episode eight in season four. Oh, oh, you still have a lot to go. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because there are 20... Oh, yeah, you haven't watched any like in the last month, have you? No, I haven't. Okay. Still waiting for you to find the uh, the fifth and final one. I, I expect a text when it's revealed. Okay. I almost used a gender there. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> All right. So thank you. That was that was that was good. And that's something that, that that's part of what he was saying. Something I totally forgot about. It was like in one ear and out the other. And um hopefully I remembered to record a little bit there and explain how in my head I heard it and, and what I did with the information. So anyway, what do you got? Uh, one more. This is from James the Dork. It's called Abortion Clinics and the Gym. Awesome. Sweet. 
Uh, there's a quote here. I got to miss third period because I missed my third period. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, when I got to high school and started having the sexy time, I was a fucking idiot. Mm. I know he had a week or so of sex ed when I was in the seventh grade. It wasn't actually about sex in any meaningful way beyond if you have sex, you'll get AIDS. The problem these idiots aren't grasping on. Though, my girlfriend in high school and I were both virgins. Never had sex. Yeah. Can't get AIDS, right? Yeah, I have no idea how I made it out of high school without being a teen dad. <laughs> anyway, you guys said it, but it bears repeating. People want to fuck. It's pure. Base instinct. No amount of religious guilt tripping is going to change that. Yep. It's just going to make them awkward about their bodies and push them into bad relationships with people who don't care about them. I, again, refer you to my high school girlfriend as we were awful to each other. We had interlocking parts, so we didn't give a shit. <laughs> not sure what my point beyond was. Uh, sorry, not sure what my point was beyond. Yes, parents need to talk to their kids about sex because they're going to have it. If you don't make the time, to, if you don't uh, make them feel okay about it, they're going to have it with really bad people. All right. Yeah. And he puts a quote by George Carlin. I should have never played the game. I should have just fucked old what's-her-name. <laughs> All right, so here's the moment right. everybody suffers through two and a half hours of our show for. Seriously, that's why we put it at the end. Yep. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. That was loud in the headphones. These turtles are from an alien race, and they are going to be tough, edgy, funny, and completely lovable. When you see this movie, kids are going to believe one day that these turtles actually do exist. Hold the fuck on. An alien race? Well, I guess I better play Michael Bay's new Ninja Turtle theme song then. Now with aliens. <laughs> I think I, I think I had the turtle soundtrack on cassette. <laughs> Hey there, Chris and Frank. Well, in case you guys hadn't noticed already, I'm kind of upset over the news of Michael Bay changing the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles into just Ninja Turtles. As if saying to all the fans, Fuck them, I don't care. <laughs> and I'm really starting to wonder if he really does care at all. I mean, I guess when you make billions of dollars off old toy and comic book franchises all the time, it's like Frank always says, Doing the right thing does not fucking matter. I mean, sure. He says that everything the fans have come to know and love about the series will still be there. But I guess that's probably just bullshit smoke he's blowing up all our shells. I just, I can't stand the lies. Like, the, just the outright lies. I agree, Chris. I'm willing to bet Michael Bay was laying on his hammock made of baby seal skin, swinging between two artificial trees made of gold, smoking a Cuban cigar he lit with five $100 bills, when a platinum-plated end table transforms into a robot that displays a hologram of his agent saying, Hey, Michael, a studio offered us more money than God to bring back a series from the 80s called the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. 
To which he probably responded with, I don't know what that is, but I don't give a shit. (laughs) And that's the worst part. He probably had no fucking clue what the fuck it was. All he needed was a few key images and enough footage to piece together a great 90-second trailer, and he's fucking set. That's when he's got everyone. He'll take all the criticism, all the hate, all the death threats, and then spout off more of his lies about how faithful his movie will be to the series. So we'll see the trailers, we'll get all excited, and then we'll go pay our hard-earned money to let Michael Bay shit on us. I'm a scat man! (laughs) Just shit on everything. (laughs) Like a sort of a revenge thing. (laughs) Yeah. I'm mad, I'm not having a good time, I'm gonna shit all over you people. Yeah. I can't believe I'm devoting an entire segment to this bullshit. But I was a child of the 80s and 90s, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles were a big deal. I mean, what does Michael Bay think we are? One big DNA cocktail of stupid. (laughs) I guess it's not all its fault. I mean, there's big movie studios behind this as well. What a bunch of dumbasses. I guess I'll just wait to see what is shown and wait and watch the movie anyways, and then I'll see if I really have a right to bitch about it. I really don't want Bay to fuck up the Ninja Turtles, but at the same time I almost want him to fuck up so I can just leave the theater thinking What kind of fucking small-minded pinhead fucking cock idiot do you have to be? I guess the worst part about all of this is, is I went a whole week without calling you guys lying, sexual, deviant, drug-abusing, whoremongering idiots. I think my abuse of Frank in particular was giving him Stockholm Syndrome, to the point where he'll probably bitch because I didn't degrade him in some way this week. You can't bitch about this. But I want to. Tough. That's how it works. Yeah, I know. Maybe I'll have more time to make you two feel bad next time. But until then, peace and love, guys. Did you suck his dick? Yes, I felt good for like five minutes. Let's... It's longer than it's been in a while. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. Just, that, that's all there is. That's it. Have a great week, folks. <laughs> Turtle power! <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what I kind of hope with this with this Michael Bay movie that I don't really care about? Because I was like really into girls and yeah. not cartoons at the time. Um I really hope that he's like just bullshitting everybody, right? Because he knows he has to know that what he did with the first Transformers movie was borderline acceptable, comparatively speaking to the other two catastrophes that he had. On I like the last one. It was uh, it was better than the second one. Yeah. Uh, well, I think the three D sort of reined him in a little bit. Oh, okay, okay. But I, I maybe I mean he has one of the creators on board for this thing, so maybe it's not going to be so bad. See, it's one of those things where you, where you got to look at um, what their the turtles, what their being mutants brings to the story and brings to the character. It's origin, okay? It's and and if it's just origin, yeah, okay, then. Nothing says that they're mutants really from Earth. Changes. Also, it's one of those things where, um, because it's their relationship with um, Splinter, with Splinter that forms them into who they are. Yeah. So 
there's no reason why – I mean and that's the relationship. That's what makes the characters. Right. So them being aliens, there's the same thing. Here they are, aliens with certain – with certain characteristics and yeah. certain certain abilities, and they still need to be um, they, th- that needs to be channeled, and they need to be sort of made yeah. into who they are and what they are to be. So yeah, there has to be some origin to this thing, exactly. Yeah. But the fact that I, I think that it's the origin of them getting to Splinter—that's yeah. the thing. All right, so. Getting them to Splinter, everything that happens before they get to Splinter, mm. I think that's less important, really. Yeah. So, yeah, sure, you don't get the cool little connection to um, Daredevil. Yeah, but I can live with that. Yeah, what a you know, I I had read the comics, um, and I was excited that there was going to be a cartoon, and I watched the intro, you know, the 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 theme, whatever yeah. intro for the show. And it was all heavily shadowed, and it was very reminiscent of the books. And then they went to the cartoon itself. Yeah. And I'm sitting there with my girlfriend in her basement on a sofa with the TV. Nobody's around. We're watching this. I looked and said, turtles don't eat pizza. Why the fuck aren't they all wearing red bandanas? And then we made out. Yeah. I, I pretty much ignored the show. Yeah. Because the cartoon itself is so far removed from the comic book. Right, exactly. That it doesn't matter. I mean, the version that every kid fell in love with is a bastardized version, a homogenized right. mainstream get version. The dark version from the comic book. Yeah. So, you know what the the CG one that was put out? That was actually enjoyable. Yeah, it was I actually like that. It was okay. They toned down the it's 80s came out like attitude. Four or five years ago. Yeah, yeah. That was pretty good. Yeah. Um it had a good solid storyline and everything yeah. and didn't get too crazy. But it looked pretty good. It did. It had a good feel to yeah. it. Um so, you know, if this is a takeoff of the cartoon, then it is exactly as outrageous as the cartoon is to the comic book. Right. That's fair. Yeah. Right? Whatever. The whole thing with the comic book was you had to remember who had what weapon, not cut what not what color bandana they wore. Right. And Casey Jones was a psychopathic badass. <laughs> he really was. He was like he was like Jason Voorhees with sports equipment. <laughs> but you know what? I like like with Heath Ledger as the Joker. Until I see footage, yeah, I have to remain impartial. Right. Because I remember we, we saw pictures of Ledger, and he had the knife up to Rachel's face. And I'm like, uh, his fucking wrists are flesh-colored. That's not the fucking Joker. Right. And then I stepped back a second, and I said, you know what? Batman Begins was actually pretty good. Oh, uh, and, I said, and then I think I said, you know, because we were all talking about right. it, too. I said, uh, I think... I had said something like, and you know, the scars are actually kind of interesting. The makeup is definitely oh yeah, interesting. The only thing I wish is that that the scars hadn't fully closed, and when he opened his mouth, they could have CG'd like the scars opening up to give that smile, yeah, like twisted kind of scarified, like in uh, Pan's Labyrinth where she slits his right. cheek. But whatever, that didn't happen. That that's fine. Yeah, no, 
But then when you see him in the trailer and he's got that voice and that voice is unlike any other version of the Joker and it's it's fucking bone yeah, chilling. It's, it's like, okay, there were some good decisions. I know I'm, I'm trying to equate Michael Bay with Christopher Nolan and not really, but I don't understand why everybody has a problem with Michael Bay. You know what it is? He blows shit up. He blows Which it up good. And he does blow it up good. He's not making a high art. He will, you know... So just he's making fire porn. Exactly. It's basically what it is. It's you know cuz I'll sit there and fuck. I'll watch Bad Boys too. Any didn't day of do, the week. Didn't he do Armageddon and um yeah. and uh Con Air or, yeah, or and Armageddon, the same style. You know, say what you will. Armageddon had a little bit of heart to it. A little know? bit with the with the dad and the yeah. son and Yeah. That was the only part that really like resonated with me. Like that I felt that when yeah. when the mother was proud enough of of him. To tell the son who he was. Yeah. That was nice. It's totally over the top. But, I mean, you go to a Michael Bay film. Yeah. Like, you go to see Sucker Punch or Resident Evil or something like that. You, yeah. You, you, or eat you, a piece of candy. Or jerk off. You you, <laughs> you realize, look, nothing good is going to come of this. All right? Wow. <laughs> so to speak. Oh, five or okay? six seconds. No, worth. but the thing is, though, the ride will be fun. What you do is you bring a cooler to the theater with you, and, and you put the cooler in your trunk. And when you get to the theater, you take your brain out of your head, you put it in the cooler with some ice, right. and you go in there and you buy your ticket for whatever fucking piece of awful, awful crap he's made. And you just look at the spectacle on film. Right. That's it. Yeah. I'm... I'm honestly surprised that the third Transformers movie had a plot. Kind of. There was something to do with the moon. I don't, I, honestly, I don't remember what it was about. Well, Leonard Nimoy was the bad guy. Oh, that's right. I barely watched it. Yeah. I, know I, that, I like that. I know that Shockwave was in it, and he was criminally underused because he was a fantastic character in the uh, in the cartoon. Yeah. But whatever. I'm not going to you know get upset about it. Oh, Fucking Soundwave had the wrong voice in part two. He sounded like Dr. Claw. It was the same guy doing yeah. the voice. Thing is, you know what? Soundwave still sounds like Soundwave in the old cartoon. They didn't go back and retrofit it with the, with the uh, I'll get you gadget oh, kind wait, of you voice. Haven't, you haven't seen 30 Rock lately, have you? No. There's a thing where, uh, where the writers keep trying to bring in, um, who is it, Kang or Krang from... I think it's Mutant Ninja Turtle. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Liz is just like, stop trying to bring it. Is it Kang? I think it's Kang. Kang, Maybe stop Krang. trying to bring in Kang. Nobody knows what Kang is. Just stop it. Meanwhile, she's singing songs about figuring Dan. Well, what, what's funny is that she's, she's, in, she's in her office and Hazel, Kristen Schaal, comes in. She's like working. She's like, hello, Liz. Oh, crank, Kang. Wow. <laughs> <sighs> Yeah, she, you gotta watch. It's good. I, I think it's funny that that's that's the joke that she will on the show say no to. Meanwhile, there's script references to Captain Nita. Yeah, it's like come on. All right, I think we're done. What do you I think? think? So this is gonna go three hours on a day where I have to open no and work late tomorrow. I'm gonna go home and watch Mad Men. I am going to fucking bed. Not fuck in All bed. Right. Going to bed. Yeah. Um, it's all your serious podcast at gmail.com. 206-339-5808. Yeah, Apparently that works because we got some voicemail this week. Um, that's it? Yeah. That's it. Bye. Bye-bye.
Are you still there? Like others, our last guest is an all-rounder. Actor, comedian, Emmy Award-winning writer, filmmaker. He is ranked number 98 on Comedy Central's 100 Greatest Stand-Ups of All Time. <laughs> but what the fuck do they know? For us, he's number one tonight, Louis C.K. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, thank you. I'm really honored to be here. I'm, I'm happy just to be here to, as a ticket holder, just to watch everything that's happened. Uh, the Stiller family, and uh, uh, that was crazy, and Kevin, and uh, the uh, guy that looks like Dick Cheney at the end there. Uh, a very, very nice version of Dick Cheney. Uh, he's not a lizard, I don't think, but... Um, uh, I, I, I think I can just tell you what George is... Uh, I'm a comedian, and I do what, what he did. And uh, uh, he was the first person I knew that I, that I knew what comedy was. Uh, children love to laugh, but most people that make children laugh for a living suck at it. Uh, clowns aren't funny. That doesn't exist, a funny clown. If a person was funny, they'd do comedy because you make money doing no clowns. There's no HBO clown specials if you make a bunch of money. So clowns suck. And kids just look at them and just go, just please stop trying to make me laugh. There's nothing worse than a person who's not funny trying to be funny, and that's what a clown is. A guy waiting for a bus is funnier than a shit clown at a kid's party, so... But kids need to laugh, so the first time you really laugh means a lot to you. And I remember my first big, like, grown-up feeling laugh, and I saw George Carlin on Saturday Night Live, and he said, um... He said, what do dogs do on their day off? Uh, they can't lay around, that's their job. And I just, something went off, and I just couldn't stop laughing. And, and I, I, the idea was born in my head at that moment. I want to be funny. I want to be a comedian. I didn't know that a grown person could be a comedian. That's an incredible thing to me. And I had other heroes, Richard Pryor, Steve Martin, uh, Bill Cosby, but George was like me. He was an East Coast Catholic, uh, you know. I had something to identify with him. And the first time I remember getting a laugh, I was... Um, in fourth grade, and they asked the class, um, they, the teacher said, there are three bones in the skull. What, name one. And I said, the noggin. And uh, I got a big laugh. And I thought, hey, you know, I could do this. I could be like George. So I, got, I started doing, right out of high school, started doing stand-up. Didn't go to college, didn't pursue anything else professionally, really. Started doing stand-up. First time I went on stage, I did a minute and a half, and I bombed. It was terrible. But I wanted it so badly that I kept trying. And I learned how to write jokes. And I just had jokes, kind of funny thoughts. And I, about, I don't know, 15 years later, I, <laughs> I had been going in a circle that didn't take me anywhere. Nobody gave a shit who I was, and I didn't either. I honestly didn't. I used to hear my accent go, this is shit, and I hate it. But I've been doing this for 15 years, and stopping now is like getting out of prison. Like, what do you do after 15 years of stand-up comedy? How do you re-enter the workforce? So I was in a really bad place. I hated my act. I've been doing the same hour of comedy for 15 years, and it was shit, I promise you. And I was working places like Chinese restaurants. And this is, this is, I was. I'd do a show in a Chinese restaurant where... They don't even know there's a show going to happen. They're there to eat. 
And all of a sudden you'd go, hey, everybody, and people are like, I'm eating. I don't want to be forced to sit in this. Uh. So I was doing a, re- a Chinese restaurant called the Kowloon in Boston, in Saug- Saugus, Massachusetts. And I was sitting in my car after the show, just feeling like, I, <laughs> this, is, this was all a big mistake. I'm not good enough. And I hate, I, was, I felt like my jokes were a trap. And I listened to a CD of George um, talking about comedy and uh, the workshopping it and talking about it seriously. And the thing that blew me away about this fellow was that he just kept putting out specials. Every year there'd be a new George Carlin special, a new George Carlin album. They just kept coming. And each one was deeper than the next. And I just thought, how can he do that? And it, it made me literally cry that I could never do that. I was telling the same jokes for 15 years. So I'm listening and they ask him, um, how'd you, how'd you, how do you do all this material? And I'm like, eh. and, I, and I hear him and he says, well, I just decided every year I'd be working on that year's special. And I'd do the special and then I'd just chuck out the material and I'd start again with nothing. And I thought, that's crazy. How do you throw away? It took me 15 years to build this shitty hour. If I throw it away, I got nothing. But I, he gave me this, the courage to try, and also I was desperate. What the fuck else was I going to do? <laughs> this idea that you throw everything away and you start over again. And I thought, well, okay, when you're done telling jokes about airplanes and dogs, and you throw those away, what do you got left? You can only dig deeper. Start talking about your, you know, your feelings and who you are. And then you do those jokes and they're gone you got to dig deeper. So then you start thinking about your fears and your nightmares and doing jokes about that. And then they're gone. And then you start going into just weird shit. Yeah, eventually you get to your balls. But there's a whole... <laughs> it's a process that I watched him do my whole life and I started to try to do it. And I started to think, what do I... Because he says whatever he wants. What do I really want to say that I'm afraid to say? And at the time I was a father. I am still a father. <laughs> but at the time... I had started, I didn't take off yet. The jury's out. My oldest is eight. I could still split. So far, I'm still there. Um, I was having a lot of hard, a hard time being a father. And I wanted to say it on stage. And one night, I just, I thought, okay, forget all the old jokes. I'm going to start again. And I thought of the first thing. I said, I can't have sex with my, do- with my daughter. With my wife. <laughs> because we have a baby. And our baby's a fucking asshole. It's just what I was feeling, and I said it. And the audience went, whoa! And I thought, oh, I'm somewhere new now. And I said... <laughs> and I said uh, something like, I never used to get babies in the garbage, but now I understand it. And they did that. And I thought, I'd rather have that than the shit-tepid laughter for my 15-year-old jokes. So I started going down this road. And I, he was always the beacon for me, always, this guy. Um, he always gave me the courage. He says, you know, the, the, the line that Kevin quoted, where he said people that abortion rallies are usually anti-abortion rallies are people who wanna, wouldn't want to fuck in the first place. He, that he opened a special with that at Carnegie Hall. <laughs> he, he comes out on stage, you have to watch it, and he doesn't, he doesn't milk the crowd for applause. He's just, they're applauding, and he goes, they're all going, George, George. And he goes, yeah, 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 I got to get this out. You ever notice the people, <laughs> anti-abortion rallies, or people who want to fuck in the first place? He, and, and most comedians would do, like, you know, a good half an hour of really sweet material and couch that joke in a lot of, but he just had to get it out there. So he set that example for me, and that's the way I've done 
uh, my act. And, and, and since then, I've done three comedy specials, and I've started down the same road. It's been a massive change for me. I feel uh, every year I've got something to work for. The same, I'm doing exactly what he taught uh, me to do. And on stage, I feel the, a courage to say what I want to say because, because of this guy. And um, anyway, a few years ago, um, I was about to tape my, first, my, my second stand-up special, and he was taping the same night um, in L.A. He taped his last special on the same night that I taped one. And I remember feeling like, this is amazing that I do what this great man does, and that we do it in the same way. And he um, died, and he kicked me in the balls when he died. It really hurt. And then I remember that, and I don't want to be doing this, I'm sorry, but uh, later I was at a whatever, it doesn't matter, and my phone rang, and it was his, it was his daughter, it was Kelly. And uh, I have two kids, and they're girls. So I thought, he's got a daughter, and her, his daughter's calling me. And I know what it means to have a daughter, because I have two. And she's calling me and asking me to come and, and say something about what he meant to me. So that, that was a, a big moment for me. I'm very proud to do what George did. I'm so, I know I was supposed to close funny, but I just, I'm not good at doing stuff that is in my act, so I'm sorry. Uh, but he was a great man, and, and anything that I, ever happens to me that's good is due to this guy. And, uh, and I can tell you, because I do what he did, that it was really hard to say the shit that he did, and that it took a lot of courage. It was difficult. Uh, so uh, thanks for coming and honoring him, and thanks for having me. That's all you get, jerks!